0: You are listening to the Voices of
1: Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. x out, go listen to some boring podcast where, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay, don't listen to Joe Lanza, because Joe Lanza's not changing.
0: And Rich Krage.
1: <laughs> Give me a name. <laughs> I love <you>. Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? <laughs> Joe, don't yell at me. Oh in, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop
0: yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Craig alongside Asler. King of banter. Reason we'll explain, man. Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how's it going?
1: I'm excited. So,
0: yeah, it's great uh, wrestling show. It's fantastic. Oh man, what a! It's an exhausting week for us this week. Like it's my one of my favorite weeks of the year, and also one of my least favorites. Just because all the stuff with the book coming out, and then we get Wrestle Kingdom, and it's like it, it falls on these certain days. I mean, I've watched the show three times now because I went to a, a bar yesterday to watch it. I didn't get home till like well, it's 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 exhausting, but I I, I love it because now it's still Friday night and like. Cancel the point. Cause I was like, no, I got to talk Russell Keenum and I'm still excited about it. I've seen the damn show three times. I've talked about it with people. I've been texting back and forth with people. I've been at events with people and seen it. And I'm still excited to talk about it. I mean, it was a great, great show. And it's a really fun week. I mean, everything, the book is a, is a labor of love. We always say that. It's something that's exhausting, but when it's all said and done, and once we see how happy it makes people and how people really dig into it and all the contributors that, that, that you know, put all their work into it or whatever, it just makes it awesome when it's all said and done. But I'm, I'm very much looking forward to tomorrow where I'm not going to watch Russell King or talk about Russell work or do anything New Japan related. But uh, this entire week's been, been, been a blast, though.
1: It is, it is a rough week uh, every year. There's the show itself. There's uh, finishing up the book. I, of course, am Mr. Deadline. I am Mr. Last Minute, which drives you insane <laughs> every year. I mean, I'm, I'm literally putting the finishing touches on like a uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru profile as Rich is uh, ready to hit submit to publish the fucking thing. And, um, and I'm, I'm looking up, you know, Taiichi match records and making sure I'm getting th- – it drives them nuts every year. Now, one year you were literally in a library, I guess because you wanted peace and quiet to handle the business. And you, you were wanting to publish the thing, and you know I'm, I'm dilly dallying writing about <laughs> you know uh, Volador Junior's exploits in Fantastic Mania and uh, taking my sweet time. Yeah, but, figure out how um, many tag
0: falls Volador Junior had, and I'm like, I don't fucking who
1: fucking cares. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm sending you. I'm, I'm picking up stat mistakes in my own. Yeah. Oh research wait, sorry, sorry Volador had
0: four falls, not three. I'm like, I don't fucking care anymore.
1: And Rich is like, I'm not fucking fixing that. Forget <laughs> it. I don't care. I'm not fixing. You, you throw your fits. You claim you're you're not you, the, you you threaten to remove the stats every year from the book. Wait, 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 you get overwhelmed, it, it it's it's like it, it's this process, and it's a very stressful week, but it all works out in the end. And then uh, and then there's the actual and and on top of that, it's fucking Christmas, right? And New, year, <laughs> and New Year's Eve and New Year's and there's shit to do, and then there's then then Wrestle Kingdom, and really that starts on the second because that that that. The press conference, well, not the press conference, but the fan festival and the little three match card is really on the second late at night here. Then right
0: starts yeah starts about what we we found it this week. It was like nine p.m. or nine p.m. Central Time. You know, fairly
1: early, Yeah. 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 And if you want to be on top of things and hear the promos, you got to be on top of that. Um, if you're doing a show like this, you want to hear that stuff, and then. The Wrestle Kingdom itself. I mean, yeah, everyone January fourth, but really it's late night January third that the show is on. You know, like one in the morning or whatever, and and then there's all of that, and then um, you know getting the book released. You try to get it released on on the second or third before the show to maximize the hype, and then it's watching the show. It's taking notes on the show. It's
0: reviewing the show. And it's not um, just a three hour it's like a six hour show, too. That's the other part that's just it's like. It's like a
1: six hour show. <laughs> right. And then, like you said, you watched it three times because you went to the
0: watch deal in Chicago. We had a great crowd, man. That was unbelievable the amount of people that showed up. It was, we had the entire place taken over. Every TV had it on. Like, it, there was, I, I didn't do the exact number. and didn't do a Joe Lanza headcount or whatever. 100 plus, between 100 200 people, I'd say, easily there. It, it was a That's, nuts. that's crazy. They stayed for it. the whole show. They did, yeah. Like a lot of people, there was like a good amount that left because we had a little bit of lag issues or whatnot with the with New the Japan World. A good, I, I'd say maybe about 40% of people left after Omega Jericho, which I get it. I mean, a lot of people were there just for that. I had a group of friends yeah. that were there exclusively for that, and I got it. Like, I, I understood. And, and we're talking it's midnight right now, too, on a weekday. So there's not – I mean, these like, people have, like, kids and stuff. And, like, you know, one yeah, of the guys yeah. I work with, and he, like, walked in like a zombie. Because, like you know, he's got two kids. He just had a baby. And, like, he doesn't stay up till midnight much anymore. If he does, it's, you know – so I, I, I got why they were like, hey, look, I saw, you know, my main event or our main event or whatever. You know, I told them, hey, if you can stay, stay because kind of it's awesome but I totally understood but no I mean like w- when 60% stayed and had no desire to leave and were, were in to watch that last one and real hyped up I mean they were popping at the match graphic just like the crowd was which I was like <laughs> you know we left a little bit after that I had already seen the match so I didn't need to see it again or whatever but um yeah it was amazing how many people stayed and how many people were were into everything uh reacted to everything I mean it was really cool atmosphere and I, I think it's something we're going to try to do a, a little bit more as well
1: yeah and 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 so you watched it three times once with a live crowd to get that perspective and of course I watched it twice cuz I reviewed the show for the site quick plug there um, you know big show Lanza coming through you know listen I can only be bothered with the big shows rich okay if you want some tag league into-
0: final world tag league final that's right uh, kingdom <laughs> and the There's G1 a- final I think and then that's G1
1: final I'll do your dominions I'll do your Sakura Genesis. Listen, if you want somebody for Road to Power Struggle, go find Sean Sidor okay? I'm not doing Road to Power Struggle. You want somebody for uh, New Japan Road, I'm sure Case Lowe's got nothing going on. Go find him, okay? I'm Big Show Lanza, okay? So I come in, I parachute in for the Big Shows, and I take all the glory. I mean, you know, that, that's what I do, you know? But uh, so so anyway, I'm watching it twice because the other thing is, you know, I like to watch a show and I do the same thing for my uh, WWE reviews for Fighting Spirit magazine, TNA too. I always forget about TNA. Um, I like <laughs> to watch. You're not
0: alone, though, so that's all right.
1: Yeah, seriously. I, I like to watch the show once and just take notes and enjoy the show. And then I like to watch the show a second time while I'm writing a review to pick up on any nuances I missed. I work hard, Rich. Okay, I'm a, word, I'm a hard-working reviewer. But it really works out for New Japan because I like to watch the Japanese feed live and then I watch the English feed on the rewatch because I also think it's important to at some point watch the English feed because news comes out of that. And, you know, we like to critique the announcers and, 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 uh, and, and those sorts of things. So I think it's important to listen, to watch the English feed at some point too. Uh, So yeah, you know, between us, we watched, uh, you know, 90 hours of this show. Then there's the, 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 um, the festival, then there's new year dash the next day. It's getting the book out. And oh, by the way, now we got to get match of the year rolling. So it, it, this <laughs> oh, is, not this weekend. Please just give me like two days. This is really – well, see, that. that's where – see, you do all the, the hard work on the book. I do all the hard work on the match of the year because you just format the ballot and then – I'm sending out ballots for the next two weeks. Yeah,
0: like, well, I got to the back end thing is, but that that doesn't really rear its ugly head until like now, the see last the few back days, now, yeah. now
1: the tabulations I've agreed to do, but then you always are so curious that you end up doing them anyway, right? So you 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 you're like I'll leave this to you. I don't want to do it, but then I go in there to update the ballots and I'm you- a maskist. Do we
0: ever figure out it's a masochist? Is that the right one? We always forget which one it is.
1: Yeah, no, you're, no, listen, I know what they are. Okay. Now <laughs> I know, I know, I know the, the s terms. Okay. Yes, you are a uh, masochist, Rich. And when but it comes to that punishment,
0: because, yeah, glutton for, you know,
1: y- yeah, you, you, you want the beating. Okay. Because, you know, I'll go in there to update the standings and you will have done it already. <laughs> and it's like one 30 in the afternoon. I'm like, I know this man is sitting in his cubicle. What is he doing? Why is he inputting? You know, uh, AJ Styles versus Cena from the Rumble because you because you you're curious of the result. You like seeing the standings fluctuate, so you like to get in there and do it. There's nothing uh, better
0: than doing a nice update and seeing like the match that was in fifth, you know, leap up to first. You're like, oh boy, yeah. you know, it's like you're like 20 ballots in or whatever, and you're like, oh, I don't know, this one's got to run. And like we always do that. It's like halfway through, and we're like, oh man, this one's running away from it, and then it'll kind of even out. But yeah, it's it's always kind of fun to see the. the the chart in the past, it's
1: exciting though. watching yeah. the chart move around, you know, something bump itself into the top 10. And of course, it's just there's tons of bias, it's just whoever turns their ballots in first. I mean, <laughs> right, exactly, like, you know what I mean. But, but the other thing is trying to predict okay, I know what ballots have come in, I know what ballots haven't come in. What do I think is going to move up, you know what I mean? Because there's been years where it's like a, a certain match is winning, but a certain pocket of wrestling Twitter hasn't voted yet. Right. And we know they're going to vote for this other match. And that, and you, you know, you think that's going to move up. So it is interesting watching that play out and it is hard not to talk about it on the show because we don't want to influence people's ballots that haven't turned them in yet. We can't come on here and say, Oh, well, Naito Tanahashi, I'm, I'm shocked. It's only in seventh place. And then some fan of that match who was going to vote for it third decides to vote for it first. You know, we, we don't want any of that stuff. We want just natural voting from everybody. So it's real hard not to talk about it, but it's real fun to watch
0: absolutely and uh yeah w- we had some people mention as well before we get into our actual wrestle kingdom thing is that hey you guys have this patreon patreon.com uh, slash Voices wrestling why did you not do you know a wrestle kingdom immediate reaction show and why didn't were you on the-? and we talked about it we we were trying to logistically figure out a way to do that but unfortunately you know i have to go to work <laughs> so like i was i was i was you know 15 20 minutes late to work because i was sitting there watching naito okada i thought you know i considered just throwing it on my phone and putting it in my lap while i drive you know what i mean like stupid shit like that because i wanted to see it or whatever it's just not viable i mean when when it's on a weekday you know and it runs overnight and we have normal jobs it's just impossible to do that so that that's yeah, why there a were a few people I mean, saying about that I mean,
1: it, we've got to go to work I mean yeah, I'm sorry. this <laughs> like, thing ended on a Thursday morning I mean whatever, if you want to throw so,
0: another like three G's yeah. up in that uh, in that Patreon then I'm good I'll quit and I'll do an instant reaction show for you right away but until yeah, that happens
1: Right. If Patreon exceeds what we're making at our jobs, we'll quit yeah. them and we'll, we'll do instant glamour. reaction. I'll do it for fucking 205 Live every day. I'll do it for everything. Okay. I promise you that. I said, <laughs> we'll just do a 24 but, uh, hour stream. And just
0: like you and I will just kind of jump in at random times. Maybe we'll be there together. Like, yeah, no, if you want to pay, I'll, I'll be, I'll do anything you want to do if you, you throw a few G's. More yeah, on, that, so, on that Patreon, it, but it wasn't
1: but, feasible for this show. But I mean, and look, the instant reaction thing is not going to be for every show. It's going to be when our schedules match up and 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 we can do it. So, um, you know, and, and this just, you know, it would have been. We nice. Tried. I just, mean, we
0: thought about it. I mean, yeah, you you can you, you know for a fact that after the after last week's show, I said, all right, is there a way that we can do this? And I'm thinking the logistics. I'm like, man, unless yeah. it unless it ends at six, you know, there's really no way I can do it or whatever, or six a.m. Central Time or whatever. And and I knew it wasn't going to. And there was just no feasible way to, to, to do it unless. You know, we wanted. I record on my phone while I'm driving to work, and it's just not. It wasn't feasible. So that that's that's. Here's the thing: if if
1: if and when we ever do those, it it, it's got to be instant reaction. We've got to record it and post it within a couple hours of of a show ending. Otherwise, what's the point? We can just do it for free. You know, the following week for you know, like we always do. Um. So uh, that's the other thing too. We weren't going to do an instant reaction review of Wrestle Kingdom you know, after we got home from work and, you know, it, it's kind it loses the luster at that point, you know, at that point, you know, it, it's, 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 what's, what's the, we're off of the high and everything else. It just, it doesn't work like that. So uh, it just didn't work out. But, uh, but yeah. So, you know, most of this show is going to be devoted to the Wrestle Kingdom show uh, with some new year dash stuff uh, thrown in for good measure. Uh, we're going to break it down from, from every angle uh like we always do. We're gonna go deeper than uh, anybody else goes. That's that's for certain. And um I guess we should start from the top. There's no reason to start uh with the Rambo and lose all of our energy by the third hour of the show. So uh let's do the Okada Naito match with the controversial finish. So I guess we can we can start there. Actually uh, I guess we should mention the show did thirty four thousand nine hundred. Was it thirty four thousand nine hundred ninety five? I believe that is the number.
0: Yeah, that that is the paid. And then there was another number floating around today uh, from a few different people. I don't know if it's been officially reported by New Japan either. Of somewhere in the range of I think it was like 42, forty two four, and that's like you know comp tickets and stuff like that. Or but I don't even know if that that number seemed extremely high. And
1: I haven't like even seen that. So they're yeah, saying yeah, and I've seen a few different it,
0: ones. So I'm not going to even say it because it, I've seen like four or five of those different numbers. It was it was forty thousand something or another. So I don't know what this of people in is. the building. Yeah, exactly. Like of comp tickets, of people just there. But we'll we'll find out that I'm sure that number will or, or might come out. But until then, we're gonna go with the, the, the three four nine nine five. Well, yeah, I'm not we'll as interested
1: in the number. Right. I, I I care about the tickets sold. Sure, um, right, right, right. Thirty four nine nine five is the number. The only reason I'd be curious with some sort of official number of total people in the building is so we can get an accurate gauge of what the building actually holds, because that was what I was, what I wanted to talk about. Um, You know, you look at crowd shots and the place was legitimately filled with the exception of the seating directly behind the stage, obviously, and a few sections to the left and the right of the stage, which they do not sell either. So If there were 35,000 fans in the building and maybe you can cram another thousand or two into those other seats that are obstructed view seats, what this says is what Matt Farmer has been saying for decades. There's no fucking way that this place ever housed 60,000, 50,000, 70,000 fans like these promotions were claiming in the 90s. So I think it's time to officially put that bullshit to bed. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's right, no yeah. earthly way, of no. <laughs> getting 65 to 70 thousand people in that building like these promotions were claiming. And the reason that's important, look, it's not breaking news that wrestling promoters, uh, you know, fake a number. I mean, come on, they all they all have done it. They all have done it historically. But where it's important is when you make historical comparisons, it's unfair at that point. When one promotion, which Bushi Road right now happens to be reporting. You know, real numbers. I don't know if that's going to stay consistent or whatnot. It's the policy for now. It's it's unfair to a promotion like that, or it's unfair when somebody like Dave Meltzer, whoever else gets a hold of a real number, and then it's compared historically, and people go, oh, well, okay, yeah, but so-and-so in 1996 drew 65,000 fans. Right, exactly.
0: Right? Like, oh, yeah, you know, Tanahashi's bringing it back. You know, he's bringing New Japan back. But, I mean, man, uh, you know, in 2000, they were drawing 60,000 there. So, you know, he's he's only getting it half back to where, you know, like stuff like that. And that happens a lot with New Japan because if you do any historical, like, dome attendance looks, you see this giant peak, you know what I mean? And, and then, like, it, you know, it, it, it falls and then it kind of rises a little bit and it never really ri- – you know, the, the the rise that it's made over the last, you know, four or five years or whatever – has seemed pretty mundane compared to what it was in 99 and 98 and 2000. 2000. you know, I mean like those big, big years or whatever, but now you're looking at those and going, well, no, maybe the 60,000 wasn't legit or whatever. And I had the one that I know Matt Farmer has been mentioning is, is 45 seems to be one that a lot of people now are kind of going with. Is that like, that might be the, the, the max of that place. I mean, depending sure. on the setup or what I, it might be a 45 curious, number. Yeah, exactly. Which I, I, which I'm curious
1: if this fake number. I'm, not, I'm sorry. The, um, which is why I'm curious of the total attendance mm-hmm. that you were talking about. Cause then we Cause get a better
0: like game. If it's like 42, then I, I believe that 45. Cause it'd be like, yeah, I okay. That, yes. that, you know, a few, you know, a couple thousand, you know, seats. A, like, a, a smaller
1: stage. Mm-hmm. You sell all of those obstructed view seats, the ones off to the side. I can totally buy getting 45,000 in. If you're telling me that there were 40,000 in it on the fourth, I agree. I could, I agree completely.
0: Yeah. Or fill uh, fill some people in on the floor a little bit more or whatever, but yeah, the idea that somehow you could stick another like 15,000, like look at that crowd shot that we saw about <laughs> Russell Kingdom, and then imagine 15,000 more people. in it. it's like, no, where would they go? And
1: it's not as if these shows in the past haven't had elaborate setups, you know, it's not like Pride didn't have elaborate setups. It's not like you, Noah didn't have a, an elaborate setup for you know the Destiny card. It's like. It, 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 it. It's not like, you know, and even if you open that up, it's it's still the math is still not add up.
0: Right. And there's always been that floor so, space, too. If you look at, at historical Tokyo Dome shows or whatever, yes. going back to the the 90s or whatever, there's always that big chunks of floor space because that's just they don't fill those seats like, for whatever reason. They're probably terrible seats. So there's no reason to do it. They need walkways and that sort of stuff. So it's not like, you know, pride didn't have, you know, nobody could walk around because it was just packed everywhere in that entire arena. It's the same sort of setup, but it's just, yeah, it's, it probably wasn't 60, you know, 70 thousand people there.
1: No, not a chance. And 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 now that we know that, and and what it also does, that's kind of a it, it kind of enhances you know those Tanahashi main events from 2012 to 2015, where you know they were only doing 26,000 or whatever. But now, in hindsight, that's a pretty fucking solid crowd for that building, you know. Um, you know, whereas people were comparing that to 60,000 previously. Now we know that you should be comparing that to like 40,000 uh, to be more realistic. So. Um, It just changes the historical perspective. And I think it's time – and I don't even think there's anybody fighting it anymore. We are in another golden age for this particular company. Um, You know, they're they're almost – you know, they're filling this dome to 90% capacity. Uh, They're running three straight G1 shows in Budokan Hall this year, which I mean – you know, which is a 14,000-seat building compared to the 11,000-seat or 10,000-seat or, you know, even – 8,000 seats sumo hall setups that they've been using, which I think takes a lot of balls. I mean, you know, they haven't even sold out the full configuration of sumo hall three nights in a row. Now they're going to try a building that seats 5,000 more people. I mean, that's, I don't know how you feel about that. I think it takes a lot of guts. It's, uh, like. it's
0: ambitious as hell. I and mean, we said the same thing uh, a few years ago when they did the the Sumo Hall for a few uh, straight nights. You know what I mean? Like we, so we yeah. had that same sort of vibe. But yeah, this one's this one's ballsy. But I don't the, know. The danger
1: in that is what we talk about all the time though. If they put 10,000 fans in it for three nights in a row, it'll be seen as a failure. Right. Whereas if you do 10,000 fans three nights in a row in Sumo Hall, it's considered a massive success. If you run the bigger building, you have to fill it. Or you have to almost fill it. I don't know if ten thousand could be considered a failure, but people would say, "Oh well, you know, it, this didn't quite work out." Um, you can't. What you can't do is run that building and put seventy five hundred people in it, like you do for like the first night of Sumo Hall. Now with the eight thousand seats. Right. Yeah. The last, that.
0: the last two they've had. You know, seven. Uh, you know, seven four nine five, and then seven five nine one. That's what they had last. year. For the two Sumo Hall ones or whatever, yeah. I mean that'd be half capacity at, at, at Budokan. So I mean that's going to look right. ridiculous. It's going to
1: look poor. It's not going to be. And at that point, you just might as well run, keep running Sumo Hall. Exactly.
0: So yeah, they they are, they're pretty much at like a ten thousand or bus. Like it's got to be ten thousand plus to make that thing look and and,
1: and absolutely. Female. And I don't know yeah. what so their like, plan, but that is very ambitious, <laughs> incredibly <laughs> ambitious to to try that. I mean, you're talking about – I don't know how the final numbers shook out. We talked about it a little bit last week. This was either the first or second most profitable year in company history. They nearly filled the dome. People were in a golden age here. This is, this is as hot a period as, as – or as close to as hot a period they've ever had. I mean, the only difference now is some of your rank-and-file shows are, are, are not in buildings that are quite as big. But, um, you know, this, is, this, this, is, this era can be spoken in the same breath as, as some of their other eras. Uh, there's no question about it. And these star and the stars of this era, whether it's your Tanahashis or your Okadas or your NATOs, uh, your Omegas, whoever you want to talk about, Shibata, uh, I believe at this point they deserve the same type of reverence as uh, those stars in the past too. It's time to stop playing Remember When and and you know, and it's like you can respect history, but you don't have to be a slave to it. And, you know, today is tomorrow's history anyway. So you know, it's it's they're doing great things, and I I thought it deserved a few minutes to talk about.
0: Absolutely, the uh, main event though. Uh, obviously, the, the, you mentioned the the, the controversial ending. We'll, we'll just, I guess, get right to that, which is Okada defeating tetsuya naito so joe what are your thoughts i've seen a little bit on twitter or whatnot but uh, for the people that obviously haven't seen or haven't read your review uh voice wrestling.com by the way to, to, to read the review i thought you summed it up pretty well but what what's your thoughts on this okada naito thing because i think we're pretty similar and i think a lot of people you know in the moment were there was a lot of people kind of confused and upset in the moment but i think as, as, as time has sort of worn on people have gotten a little bit more rational about it but there's there's a few questions to be asked for sure
1: yeah i mean you know time is gonna tell um if, if, if some of the look to me, it was Naito's time to win. We talked about it at length, and we 100%. don't need to do all that again. Um, he was peaking, he's red hot. You heard the ovation he got and the chance when he was coming out for the match. And when I saw Okada reverse the second Destino, and we'll get into the mechanics of the match in a minute. But when I saw him reverse that second Destino and put Naito up for the tombstone it's kind of like time just moved so slow. It was probably only a 10 second period till the end of the match. At that point, he picked him up. He hit the rainmaker. And when he hit the rainmaker, I knew he wasn't kicking out because of the way they had set it up. The second destino, uh, he hits the rainmaker. He had already hit one earlier, uh, that, that that was kicked out of, I knew the match was over and I, I just, that three seconds felt like it took three hours and it was surreal and it was shocking in all of the right ways because I was just like, oh, "They got me," you know, "They got me." Um, I did not expect this at all. I would have bet a lot of fucking money on Naito. I would have bet a lot of money on Jay White too.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we're the wrong boys I, this week. For sure. I,
1: I legitimately would have put the deed to my house on Jay White. I would have. I I, I was that confident, but we'll, we'll get to that. But um, it, it's 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 like time stood still for me and I couldn't believe it. And my first reaction other than when I was done sort of watching it in fan mode and enjoying the moment when my uh, you know um, like show brain turned on when my flagship brain turned on when my business brain turned on. I thought to myself he is going to get booed out of the building. This is going to backfire In all of the worst ways, there's going to be a riot, you know, and really there wasn't. I mean, there wasn't like an enormous pop for the finish, but it wasn't silence. I think some people were shocked. The Okada supporters cheered. But what was most shocking to me was when Okada took, well, first Gato took the microphone and talked some shit to Naito and he made him stop. And then Okada took the microphone and was talking. And they I was expecting that to get all I thought I was expecting that to get the wrong kind of heat. I expected the, the the fans to be irate at this booking decision, angry, booing, giving Okada all sorts of problems speaking rich. They were respectful. They applauded. They were hanging on every word. I was stunned, you know? And it, it, it's like it wasn't the reaction I was expecting. And at that point, I, I was kind of like, well, you know what? Maybe we kind of misjudged this a little. Maybe, you know, it, it not that I still believe Naito should have won the match, but it's like maybe it, it isn't this overwhelming, this overwhelmingly popular wrestler against this guy that everyone is tired of. Like some people like to frame it. I don't buy that because the crowd reactions did not support that whatsoever and the crowd reactions that New Year dash did not support that whatsoever you know i expected naito to get booed out of the building for winning booed out of the building for that promo and then booed out of the building at new year dash but that none of that occurred and i don't get the sense that the fans at least the tokyo fans cork and hall and at least the the fans that were in the tokyo dome which are your hardest core fans were annoyed in the wrong kind of ways at the result now if okada's title if t- okada's title run is too long in the tooth for people it'll show at the gate if he stops selling out if he stops th- going 90 percent capacity on his title defenses people are tired of the title reign period if naito cools off and his main event stops uh, then it means that people it's the tyler black effect that we always talk about where people just got tired of the chase now and they've given up if both of those things occur it's an absolute disaster. Um, if one of those things occurs, it's a huge mistake because you had both of the guys hot. If, 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 if you lose both of them, it's a disaster. But if it's business as usual, you cannot knock the decision from a business standpoint. But the thing is, we're not going to know by new beginning. Uh, we may not even, we're not going to know and you know, it's going to take at least four, five, six months to really get an accurate gauge on this and to see where this goes in terms of business. Now, from a creative standpoint, all bets are off. You know, If you think it was a shitty creative decision, that's up to you. That's in the eye of the beholder. I can't tell you what storylines you should like. To me, it doesn't bother me from a creative standpoint that Okada is still the champion. I'm enjoying his title run. Um, I I like the idea of watching him chase Tanahashi's record. Um, And I like his matches. And I'm a fan of Okada. So I don't mind it from a storyline perspective. I am very skeptical of this from a business perspective. And while I'm I don't I no longer fear a massive backfire in terms of business plummeting, which I would have feared if you told me this was the result before I watched the match, I still fear a bit of a downturn and I fear I feel like it was the wrong business decision.
0: Yeah, and I think we're, we'll talk about another match on this card as well where I think they made, you know, obviously you, you alluded to it a little bit with you, you know, your deed on the house being bet for for a match, but I thought it was a moment um from a business standpoint again we'll, we'll do business now and then i'll, I'll kind of get into the creative because i think you and i both want to kind of break down the creative of this match and and, and that's all because there's a lot of really cool stuff once you dug into it and, and on, on rewatch i found a lot of stuff that i didn't even notice at first but um from a business standpoint it was for a lot of us it was that moment to make that next guy and it's not to say that naito's not that next because i saw some arguments of of and, and comparisons, because the first thing that everybody brings up, and and I agree, it's very apt comparison, uh, is Wrestle Kingdom Nine. I mean, we were on this same show, you know, many many years ago, saying, "Well, Okada's going to win, and it's time for Okada to beat Tanahashi," and then he didn't. And then he was, you know, he's walking outside of the ring, crying his eyes out, while Tanahashi's air guitaring and telling him to go fuck himself. You know what I mean? Like it was, and that was a surreal moment because we, were, I, I had a very similar reaction that same night of like, "Holy shit, I cannot believe they didn't have Okada win or whatever." obviously it turned out quite well it turned out to to work or whatever but people brought up that comparison and and looking at how what happened you know Thursday relates to what happened you know many of those years ago at Wrestle Kingdom 9 and and there's some there's some differences here and there I mean for one thing Okada had already had a pretty good reign as as champion and and Naito had a short reign but not really established quite as much and and Okada had you know some other creative stuff that he could kind of do in in the way there and in the interim or whatever and there was a fun way that they kind of told the story but a lot of that is you know in retrospect we know what happened and in retrospect we know that it was fine or whatever whereas this we're like oh my god what's well, ruined he's dead it's over whatever we don't know what this the future is going to hold for night that we have no idea what they have planned we have no idea if this was just a bump in the road or if it's going to make him a bigger star i mean arguably wrestling Kingdom nine made okada a bigger star he reinvented himself and he came back that next year and he won and he looked like a million bucks and then he's been great since then. you know what i mean like not that he wasn't good before but he's been a mega star since then and it ended up being the best business decision they made in, in, in quite some time and and yeah we didn't know that in the moment I mean, the. Day after i'm sure i'd have to go back and listen to our show but i'm sure we were both very weary of it at the time going okay well i don't know like uh, you know this could be an issue or so we're, we're kind of having that same conversation with naito and, I, and the idea is that this was a night to make naito this is a night where he comes in here he wins this title he's peaking at the right time and and it's over but I guess the question is going to be, and like you said, it's going to take a while to figure out. Is maybe this wasn't the highest peak that he was going to reach, or whatever? Which at the time, again, Russell Kingdom, we thought that was the highest peak Okada was going to reach, but it ended up not being. It ended up being a better time for him to win him win it, you know, months later, when it, you know, and, and go on that run and beat Tanahashi you know, in in you know a few more matches and stuff. So there was stuff that he was able to do to make it that much higher of a peak. That when he did win it, it, it did feel special. But the of thing, as far as we know right now, this was like his peak, and it felt like he was ready, and it felt like it was a good time to do it and they didn't and right now we're like oh shit this is a chance for them to make a star but again it's hard to know until we see it in a while which kind of sucks it's sort of a cop out because we're supposed to be hot taking we're supposed to say oh they ruined him or whatever oh god it's fucked or whatever but we don't know and they deserve the benefit of the doubt because they've done it time and time again we're looking again at the rest of kingdom nine they deserve the benefit of the doubt because this same basic story played out a few years ago and played out to perfection
1: i i have a problem with I know this isn't necessarily you, but you're just echoing um, some of the negative reaction. I have a problem with using terms like make Naito and create a star when it comes to Naito because Tetsuya Naito was made two years ago, right. and, he's been a, and he's been a star for two years. This was not a missed opportunity to make a star. He's already a fucking star. They just they just drew nine, almost ten thousand more fans to this show than they did last year on the back of Tetsuya Naito. Right, but the
0: crowd going he, ballistic for him walking the out. Yeah. they
1: just <laughs> all he wearing just, his
0: merchandise, and everybody was wearing a, an Lij hat. Like, yeah, every he's been, entire fucking dome.
1: Yes, he's been headlining shows for two years. Don't come at me with they missed a chance to make a star because they already made Naito a star. Right, I agree. No, he's been accomplished. Mission accomplished a long time ago on that one. You, if 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 that's how you feel about this result, you are conflating the kayfabe champion with the reality that both of these guys are already made already made men. I'm going to give you an example of where, uh, you know, failure uh, to deliver in a spot or whatnot would have been a missed opportunity to make a star, and that would have been Kenny Omega last year. That was a star-making match for Kenny Omega, even though he lost, because you can become, and we'll talk about that with Jay White. You can become a star in defeat, okay? That was a star-making match for Kenny Omega. He wasn't at that upper elite, high, super, tippy-top tier with New Japan until that match. Naito was already there coming into this match. They didn't miss an opportunity to make a star. He is a star. What the the opportunity that they may have missed was capitalizing on a star at his absolute hottest to where you give the guy the ball now and he sells out Sakura Genesis. He sells out Dominion. He headlines the bigger shows on G1. He headlines those three Budokan Hall shows and you've got a guy while he's molten and you're taking advantage of it. It's it's like he's already a star. So I don't want to hear any of that bullshit because I, I will pound that down into fucking dirt As quickly as someone makes that point,
0: you know, I 100 agree. Yeah, no, I I know you did. Like I said, I I wasn't, I
1: wasn't attributing that to you. I I know that you know that. You were simply echoing what some of the sentiment is. I just think that's patently incorrect. Um, This wasn't. This match was not designed to make Naito. What 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 this was designed for was to put that symbolic title on Naito
0: right it's and very much very similar to Wrestle Kingdom 9 again because Okada was already a star at that point correct and we and we learned that later you know very shortly after that it did not matter that he lost because it was he was still on an upward trajectory he was still a star he was still a guy that was at the top of the company regardless of how the creative or was handled or how the booking was handled for Wrestle Kingdom 9 it might have felt like that in the moment It might have felt like oh god they really blew it here with Okada but then when you really look back it's like no dude like two years prior he was a star and he's been a star for a year prior and then like all it did was you know you know, vault him up even more than than it did. I mean, it yeah. gave him a little bit more to do. It gave him a next step. It gave him a next path or whatever. And that's so it, it's a very apt comparison. And it works in a lot of ways because it, it was that same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and here's the other thing I think a lot of people are forgetting. The, the, the story here is, that, is not that Naito can't beat this guy. Naito beat this guy for this title before, it, once before. It has happened already. So it's not like you're even denying the fans seeing Naito beat him. Okay. Okada has the upper hand in this rivalry. He's run, the, he's won the majority of the matches. That's for certain. That's the story they're telling. Not that Naito cannot beat him. Naito has beaten him, and he's beaten him for this title. It has happened before. You know, it just hasn't happened on this show yet.
0: Right, and and, I and think a lot there of would the- be
1: such a different. Di- I think this dynamic of this result would be so much different. Had Naito never won the title at um, Sakura Genesis or or Dominion, whatever it was. Dominion, yeah, it was Dominion. He won at Dominion and lost it back at whatever it was. Um, You know, in 2016, if he had never had that short time, this is why I always, Rich, I've been consistent on this, and you can't say I haven't. This is why I have always argued in favor of that short title run that he had where other people argue against it and say it was a waste of time. They pulled the rug out from underneath them. It was a bullshit show. No, it served a purpose. It, it, it made, it, it served notice to the fans. This dude is a player. He's a mainline frontline superstar. That's when they made Naito. Okay. This match was not to make Naito. He was made already. He's been made. You can, and I can point to business metrics to tell you that he's made. So that, that's important. I, I, you know, that, that title reign cannot be forgotten. That was very, imp- an important key to this whole dynamic.
0: It was invasion attack, by the way, it, the, the former security or the former and they lost it
1: at, at he Dominion. lost
0: it. Yeah. So yes. I want to make sure, cause I know people are frantically tweeting at us right now. It's like you were we wrong. Are, <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are
1: terrible at that. Like remembering the names of shows and where things happen. That is not, well, at least it's not my no. forte. You're real good. You know what you're good with it? Like attitude era shit.
0: No, I got that. Like, number. No, remember that one time we? I think we went through every single like WWF title reign, and I got all the way yeah. to like two thousand two. And then I mean, you are fucking some, like, great at that. Like, yeah. like if
1: you ask me, you if you name me a legendary WrestleMania main event, I'm probably gonna get the WrestleMania wrong that it occurred on. I am terrible. My mind, for whatever reason, does not file that stuff properly. Like, if you tell me. Rock Austin won. I have no clue what number that is. Like I would, I, I, what was it like twenty two or something like that? Uh, I, I don't, it was
0: fifteen. fifteen.
1: I'm like seven years off. It's like <laughs> ridiculous. I'm terrible at that stuff. Unless like you
0: count their IC title matches, then you know. Like you the, know. the
1: first, like they had the main event two years in a row, right? Like one was in Houston, and. Uh, or what was
0: one in Houston? Yeah, one was in Houston. That was that was seventeen. So it was 15, 17, and then uh, oh, they
1: skipped the year, right? It wasn't yeah, yeah. sixteen something? Else. It was fifteen, fourteen,
0: and nineteen. Like, yeah, Mania. that was the four way shitty McMahon one. Yeah. All
1: right. See, I can tell you the matches. I can tell you the <laughs> order they occurred, mind. but I cannot tell you like what event it was. That I am never good at, you know. But it's like you know, so we always get that shit wrong. But um, I want yeah, to talk so a little I, bit.
0: Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was I done. Okay, I want, I want to talk a little bit about the structure of the match and a little bit of how it, it sort of went down in the end because I think that's important too. And I think as you you, you sort of were alluding to it a little bit is that the, the goal – in some ways, now in retrospect, when you look at it and you try to go, okay, look, you can't put the toothpaste back in the body. You know, Okada won. All right, why did Okada win? You know, what is the ramifications of it? What's the story of it? We kind of have to go back and sort of trace it back a little bit. And one of the things that I'm sort of hung up on as I was going back and reading a lot of the stuff and going, okay, let me try to read the tea leaves and see if there was something sort of about this. And, and, and you mentioned a little bit too that this was less of a Naito has to win the title to to, to prove that he's a star and more of, and and you can see this from the build, Nigel just wanted to fucking main event the dome. You know what I mean? He was bitter yeah. about not main eventing the dome, that he was pissed that he couldn't main event. We'll talk about New Year's Dash because it plays a little bit there. But a lot of the build of this was, you know, I got that. You know, the, the whole part of his character breaking was because he didn't main event. It wasn't that he didn't win a title. It wasn't that he didn't do this. It wasn't that he didn't do this. He was pissed that he did. He was supposed to be in the main event and they took it away from him. And that was always the impetus of his thing. And that's why when he came out on, on, on this night, he was he was a happy go lucky Naito. He wasn't pissy, you know, mun, you know really mellow, you know really annoyed Naito on this night. He wasn't at all. He was happy. Almost the, and we'll he's, talk about it a little bit. A little too happy at times.
1: And he was satisfied.
0: He had done Almost, it. I have accomplished yes. what I wanted. And it was funny when you watch the match and going back this so knowing that he lost, which actually helped a lot. Is you know you watch the moment and you're like oh my god and you're kind of shocked at the result. So I went back and watched the match, you know, knowing that Okada wins and all that, and you pick up on a lot of stuff that's like this is this is a lot less of Lij Naito and felt so much like Stardust Genius Naito in a lot of ways, he had sort of reverted back to that in a lot of the match, and, and we'll talk about a key moment where he did it too, but he was very happy, he was very satisfied, he felt like he had made it, the crowd's chanting his name, everyone's going nuts, he's not necessarily doing the same sort of LIJ stuff, and really hitting that home, and really, you know, proving that he's, he's pissed off, at it. this was a dude that was happy, he had done what he wanted to do, and the last thing he had to Jeez. do was win the title, and, you know, it didn't happen, but it's not like, I don't think he came away, it didn't seem like when he's coming, you know, he had done what he wanted to do,
1: yeah, it, it, he, he 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 was satisfied, and he didn't have any of those characteristics of the bitter, pissed off, whiny, rage against the machine, uh, you know Los Ingobernables version of Naito. There, he didn't do his fucking pose. He didn't do that spot in the beginning of the match where he li- he didn't do that spot right where he right. Over-
0: No, I don't think so. And that's I was going back to watch yeah. again, and I might have missed yeah. it if I did. But I really, I was like, all right, let me focus here and see if I watched it twice. Yeah, I don't remember it. Okay, and I, I've I've seen it and three times now. So okay, maybe I missed it, but I, I also did not see it. And that was that was a big note for me. I wrote that down. I said, okay, I, he didn't do a lot of that stuff. He, he was took he his shirt
1: off immediately. He he didn't mm-hmm. uh, you know like threaten to beat up the announcers. He didn't have his boys with him. He, just, he took his he had,
0: the pants he took off right away. You know, sometimes he would sit yeah, there and every single mm-hmm. buckle would take like two minutes. And he was right. Re- he was ready to go. He had his stuff off before uh, Okada did. He had a smirk on his
1: face the whole time. During the meat of the match, he's trying to hit the stardust press relentlessly. Why? When has he ever gone back to that extent mm-hmm. to attempt to hit the stardust mm-hmm. press? He was almost like – and I cover this in my review probably you know, way more articulately than I will now. But it was almost like he was trying to prove that he was good enough then. You know, and and that he was screwed this whole time, and he was going to show the world that he could have gotten the job done. then. he was a real main eventer, and he could be the champion. And he and he kind of like lost his edge. He lost the edge that truly brought him to that point. And 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 ultimately, when he hit that first destino, the the, the one at the end, not the earlier ones in the match, because they each kicked out of each other's finish once. Um, and and he, and. and He hits that first one, and he picks Okada back up, and he points to the corner. Mm Mm-hmm. With that dumb smirk on his face, which is so out of character for the new Naito, right?
0: Well, and he's playing to the crowd a little bit too. So, so there's been some, yeah. and I watched it a few times to try to figure out if he was exactly pointing at the corner. I think he is pointing at the corner, but even let's let's assume he wasn't pointing at the corner. I think he was. I think you do, and I think a lot of people do think he was pointing at the corner to sort of say, "Hey, I'm going to hit one more Destino and then the Stardust Press or whatever." Yep. But even if he's not doing that, he's playing to the crowd. You could see he's got like a, an old rock and roll express thing going. He's like pointing at the crowd and like you know jumping up and down and like he's got the biggest smile on his face and he's looking he's like, at the crowd, like, gonna like go, we're what? gonna do this we're doing this i got it yeah. like, let's let's go in it like that's not lij naito he's like
1: it's over
0: i got him right. I'm all. he was like ricky
1: morton or something you know that's what i mean so
0: it, it's not even that so even if he's not pointing even if he wasn't pointing to the corner to say i'm gonna do the stardust which i think he was but you know whatever it's still he's pointing at the crowd and going all right here we go like da. like rallying him up like a baby face or whatever you could see go watch the, the the replay he's banging his feet on the ground he's doing the old you know babyface apron stop thing or whatever yeah. and it's like all right like and he's got that it's just like, dude, you, you had him. What are you doing? Pin him? Like, what are you? And it's it's not the ruthless. It's not the killer. It's not the vicious Naito. It's the Stardust genius Naito, who would fuck around and play around and be get a little too big for his britches and get a little too happy and play to the crowd too and many who, times. And who, and,
1: and who wasn't good enough, which was right. the whole impetus of his gimmick to begin with, of a guy who wasn't good enough, but was but was fooling himself, thinking that he was, and and he took on this edge, and instead of. Working harder or being better, he decided to have a rogue of, of lackeys doing his dirty work for him and and to turn on the company and be bitter about it. And, and you know, eventually that, that, that ended up working for him. But now he's reverted back. And, and, and yes, I believe he was pointing at that corner. Mm, that and, he was gonna, and he was going for that second destino to position Okada for he wanted to win that match. With the stardust press.
0: Yeah, because you can see the way and that's why I do think he was pointing at the corner, because you could see that when he grabbed him, he kind of like was he was trying to trying to pull him towards the yeah, middle. He, was a pulling, bit. he was sliding him, yes. Exactly. So that, that's where I believe that it was, but I have seen some people say, Oh no, he was just pointing the corner. Either way, I think it still proves what we're trying to say here is that he's still the character to me. Moment, yeah, right. Exactly. He had it. He could have just pinned Okada as easy as possible, but he had to just do that very similar to Okada in Russell Kingdom Nine. Like it wasn't just good enough to do one you know you gotta let me try to hit the second rainmaker oh fuck he caught right. me i'm an idiot why did i do that you know i was immature now, on that moment and that's started
1: in the same manner right exactly made the same mistakes that okada made at wrestle kingdom nine and i've heard people make the counterpoint well he hit him with a destino earlier in the match and it didn't work so he felt like he had to hit a second one what makes you think the first one would have been the end of the match well okada won the match with one rainmaker after naito kicked that it was later in the match Right, and and that's you know, and,
0: and there's been a lot if of criticism, and I think you New had some Japan criticism main, of it too. yeah. If, go ahead. Yeah, if,
1: you, if you've seen New Japan main events over the years, that's kind of how it works. You know, it's like later in the match, like when you hit it, it's when you're finally out of your fighting spirit and you're dead and you've got nothing left, which is why it only took one to beat Naito in this situation. It was the final death blow that destino he gave Okada would have been the death blow. He picked him up and went for another one to set up his stupid Stardust press, and it cost him. The just like you said in the same manner that Costa cost Okada two years ago. But yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, no, I, I was going to say, because I've seen some criticism. I know you're, you're one person that said it too, that they were starting to go to their finishers a little early in the match. And I think that was an important thing. And I, I, I like that they did it. It's actually what helped, you know, to the end because it shows you that it's not just the move that it's more the time and the grueling you know aspect of it the 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 move itself the rainmaker itself is a big deal it's protected or whatever the destino is a big deal but these guys were trying it way too early in the match it was not going to be what was going to finish them or whatever and I thought that sort of helped establish it later in the match that hey you know I I hit it earlier but that doesn't matter this is 40 minutes in now these guys he's Toast, you know what I mean? Like, Okada didn't need to do two Roman Rainmakers to to sort of negate the fact that Naito kicked out of the earlier one. All he had to do was hit a Rainmaker 35 minutes into the match or whatever. So, that's where, like, I saw some people criticize that they went to those finishes too early, but I don't mind that. I kind of like that because it sort of then established that they're that not all finishers are created equal. A finish 15 minutes into a match is not the same as one 35 minutes into the match. So, that's here's,
1: here's I'll defend myself a little bit on that. I see what you're saying. Okay, because it kind of set the scene for the end. My problem with Okada when he went into he went into his closing stretch at way too early in the match, but it wasn't just that he was if he was just desperately going for rainmakers, which we've seen him do early in matches before, where he tries to get a you know sneak a rainmaker in early and end it quickly. But it wasn't that. It was the entire fucking sequence: the rainmaker pose, the camera shooting back, the setup moves before the rainmaker, and I was like, no one can possibly be buying this, and they didn't. And that whole sequence got no heat whatsoever. If you do that 10 minutes later, maybe people buy into it a bit. But I, he even kind of had a look on his face like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to go for it. He threw his hands out. And it's like to me, uh, you like it. I did not. I thought that took away a little something from the match. But we are talking about a match that I absolutely loved. Um, so this is uh, the minorest of nitpicks.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and that's like the only criticism I've seen of the entire match, which is is fine, because I actually like that sort of thing. I like when you sort of establish early that, because what I like is that when you sort of do that, and and, and I I understand your criticism too, because to me, I I, would have liked it a lot better if he just snuck a Rainmaker in there out of nowhere, and that's sort of a, a cool thing like, you know everyone's done that when they play fire pro like you try to sneak in your big move you know at some you, it's never gonna work or it rarely works or whatever but you try it anyway you know what i mean like four or five minutes in the match let's you know can i hit a burning hammer let's see if i can do it all right no i can't all right that's fine like, you get,
1: but you, you back because the guy's not <laughs> right, ready to take
0: exactly. but you always try it you're like you know what because one of those times it's gonna work and it's gonna be fucking awesome like you're gonna just beat some dude in three minutes or whatever it's kind of cool. That critical that's right be- but you you try it every time like you're dumb as fuck. you know that's not how the game is supposed to be played you know that you're not supposed to do it or whatever and you don't do it all the time but there's some matches where you're like, like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to try it. Let's see. And I think I, I, so I, I agree with you in that sense where I would have liked it a little bit better if maybe it wasn't so much the, you know, I'm going to put my arms out and it's going to go back or whatever. But I sort of sense that he kind of just wanted to kind of get it. Maybe you know, as early as possible in there, or whatever. But the thing that I always like about those when when you kind of set up a little bit of a finisher in the in, in the middle part of the matches, as I mentioned, where you sort of set it up then later, where where if you hit the finisher, it's got a little bit more meaning because it happened, you know thirty minutes later, you know, twenty minutes later or whatever. But I also like the idea that once that happens, you kind of know, all right, like th- now we kick this into high gear, like from the beginning, you know, from from that point on, the match was really in a different gear for me. And I know some people thought that it got a little mundane afterwards and it got a little, and we're saying this, of like, you know, I gave it five stars, <laughs> I gave it four and, and three quarters and whatever. So while we're saying like, oh, mundane and whatever. But um, I kind of like that. I like the idea that it's like, all right, cool. Like, the finisher has been hit. It got kicked out of, all right, this all means something now. Everything else from here on out is meaningful because every next move could be the last one or whatever so i i kind of like that idea a little bit even though i understood that yeah nobody bought it i didn't buy it nobody in the world bought that 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 okada was going to beat him in 15 minutes or whatever but but i don't mind it as much as some people did but we we say that again and i think like everybody everybody loved this match it wasn't like i i haven't seen one person in in, unless someone's trying to get a hot take in there say that they didn't enjoy this match i mean i had casual fan friends that were like that match was awesome and and they don't know anything about these two guys nothing about the history nothing about anything and they were like yeah that was pretty awesome
1: yeah no yeah I agree Um, as far as some of the minutia of the match aside from um, uh, Okada going like the sequence we just talked about sometimes for me uh, when is in control of a match especially early on he does lull me to sleep a little Um, but I I also understand that that's the way that he works now sort of the Tranquillo thing you know what I mean it's uh, Tranquillo whatever the fuck you say it Um, I know that's yeah, Tranquilo. I know it's part of his act to sort of be um, very meticulous. and, and but, but it does kind of lull me to sleep. I don't think he's the most compelling worker uh, from the top um, at times. But again, these are such minor complaints. I mean, Okada was brilliant in the match. Naito was brilliant in the match. Uh, the work was pretty much flawless. I got no complaints there. Um, I went four and three quarters. Um, didn't feel like one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And it didn't feel like a perfect match, so you know, at that point I don't go five. But that's no insult, you know. It, it's you know, five should be when it's done. You're just like, that's one of the greatest things I've ever seen, you know. And you felt like that, yeah. And I did not, but I was just you know, the, the slightest. You know, the other the the, the Jericho, um, the Jericho Omega match. I I really wanted to go five on that one, but because I had to think about it, I said, you know what, I'm thinking too hard. It's four and three quarter. If you got to think. To me, then it's not, you know, so um, I didn't go five on either of them. But uh but yeah, great match. I thought the finish was just it was just breathtaking. The finish
0: was breathtaking. I watched it, it was, like seven times in a row. Like it was one of those things where you know they have the thirty second uh, thing on New Japan World. Yeah. I just was like, I just wanted to kind of get it, you you know, and this is on the VOD, obviously not live. I wasn't able to do it. But uh, when I watched it earlier today, I I watched it like five or six, you know, (laughs) times over and over again, just to kind of pick up on a little bit of it and just kind of pick up on the little, the little moments, the little, that finish was just like, it's still, I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. It's just like, it it was
1: perfect. It was just so good. Yeah. Legitimately breathtaking. And, 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 you know, because after the announcers are done talking, they replay like the last five minutes of the main event on, on these new Japan world. Um, you know, um live showings of the show and even the replays, um, the video on demand. Um and I know what you're talking about. Like I watched it too, because you know I'm writing the review or I'm taking notes or I'm fucking around on Twitter and I'm just letting it roll. And I've probably I've seen the match twice, but I've seen those closing five minutes or whatever, I don't know, six or seven times now. And um it's just breathtaking. And and it's because the look on Naito's face when he's dragging Okada to give him the second Ceno. The uh Okada uh, the look on his face when he's got over a tombstone. Naito desperately kicking his feet. In, in, in sheer desperation, trying to escape that tombstone. Because he knows he's fucking dead. He knows he's dead if he gets hit with that tombstone. And he knows he's finished. And then the bump that Naito takes on that tombstone. Was just uh, just incredible. you know. And it's so important to take a good bump off of that. Especially when it's ending the match. He just took such an incredible bump on that. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a breathtaking finish to a pro wrestling match. And it really gave me a feeling that I haven't had. I mean, the Naito, I'm sorry, the Okada Tanahashi matches, you know, filled me with excitement and drama and the escalation of drama and the matches that they had and the long-term story they told gave me excitement. This was just like, I, I I just it was breathtaking. I just I felt like I, it was it was surreal. I don't I don't know the right word to use, but it it just gave me a completely different emotion watching this match finish. Um, sort of in the same way that you know a, a great television or movie scene does the same when you don't expect something coming. Um, I can give you I will give you a great example. You will not know what I'm talking about because I know you haven't watched this show, but some of the listeners will. Um, it, it was almost similar in feel to the season two, the season two finale, uh, season finale of season two of Boardwalk Empire, when Nucky Thompson kills Jimmy Darmody.
0: Are you gonna get in trouble for spoilers of this uh, five-year-old show? Or well, no? you
1: know, it's like fucking <laughs> ten years now. I think fucking, if you haven't seen it by now, I mean, geez, you don't want to see it too bad. You know what I'm saying? But, but really, I mean, that's, it's a huge spoiler. I mean, if you are happen to be watching the show now and didn't get to that, I just fucked up the most seminal moment in that show. But it gave me the same feeling because when I, – I, I wasn't expecting Jimmy Darmody to die that early into the run of the show. I mean, and it, it was just – it was shocking and surreal and you didn't necessarily want it to happen. But then when it did, you were like – you're like, but wait, this was utterly brilliant and incredible and this is what makes something great when you don't think you want something but then it happens and it's just it, it just strikes you as brilliant and it takes your breath away and it's 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 just an amazing moment and it works and it wasn't done for shock value or for any of these things it, it was done and you sat there and i remember sitting there after that show ended and just staring at whatever came on hbo after that just letting it sink in and thinking about you know that I I, I hate seeing this character go, but my God, this is, this is how gangsters worked in the thirties. This is, it makes sense. Nucky would have killed him. If Nucky didn't kill him, it would have just gone against everything that Nucky is. And I, and I hate it and I hate Nucky more now, but that's the fucking point. I'm not supposed to like this guy and he is a piece of shit. And, and holy crap. I'm now glad that they did it. You know, that's the kind of feeling this gave me. It's like, I can't believe New Japan did this, but then I'm like, but it was such a great moment and it worked and, and, and it provided me such great emotion that I can't argue with it from an aesthetic standpoint now. You know, it wasn't done for shock. It wasn't done to stick it to anybody. It was, it was done in, in such a great, you know, the art worked here. It worked. The aesthetic was great. The the, the story was great and the finish was great. And, and it's, it's one of the great finishes of, of, of this era. It was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, what I like in it too is is and, and I, I kind of thought about this the the minute after. Now that you're sort of is I, I'm going to use a sports example, like a real sports example, obviously not predetermined, not you know whatever. But um, one that I remember is the 2016 uh, NBA Finals Game Seven. That was the Warriors, Cavs, or whatever. You know, the Cavs had roared back down from three one or whatever, and I I was still you know I still wanted the Warriors to win. I, I, I love LeBron; he's one of my favorite players. But I wanted the Warriors to kind of cap off the the 73 win season or whatever. It, and it, it's really an apt comparison again because like those dudes dominated the league that year. They had been crowned the year prior this year that 2016 was going to be their year to really like stamp it. Like we won 73 games. we one of the most regular season games we're, we're you know, bus onto the playoffs or whatever. We're up three, one on these guys. We got it. We're, we got it in the hole. We're good to go. And, and, and the Cavs were back. And in those final few minutes of the game, you know, and and it's in Oracle Arena too, which is is a pretty cool thing too. So it's in the Warriors' home, uh, you know, stadium or whatever. You know, LeBron does the thing; where he blocks Andre Iguodala from the back, and like, there's just these moments that you look and at the time, like the crowd is like gasping, and they're like, you know, they can they're they're silent; they don't even know how to react or whatever. And then afterwards, it's pretty interesting because they still like they kind of cheer when it's all said and done, and they're kind of happy when it's all said. Not that they're obviously they wanted the Warriors to win the championship, and and I wanted the Warriors to win the championship. A lot of people did, but you realize that Jesus Christ, we just saw like the greatest game ever. The great series and like an an unbelievable individual performance. You know, LeBron does that that block off Andre Godal. It's like the most amazing block you'll ever see in a basketball game or whatever. And it's just like this incredible moment where you're like, fuck, like I didn't want that to happen. But it was so great that like in retrospect, it's awesome that it happened the way it did. You know what I mean, and, yeah. and and I the comparison of the Warriors in the, that year and, the, and Naito actually works uh, remarkably well. I didn't even realize it would. Where like it seemed like it was the coordination of them, like it was ready to go or whatever, and it worked so much better. And guess what? They came back the next year and just fucking buzzed out and completely buzzed out the playoffs and you know, waltzed into a title or whatever. So you know, what hey, maybe there's hope for Naito in that sense. But it's the same well, thing. We're like, well,
1: you know, that's that's well, you know what? That's the thing. History. WrestleMania nine. History repeated. Maybe re- I said WrestleMania. Wrestle Kingdom nine. History repeated. <laughs> WrestleMania 9 history repeated. What was that? Um,
0: <laughs> that was Bret Hart uh oh, yeah. uh beating Yokozuna or no Yokozuna beating Bret Hart and then uh inexplicably oh, Mr. Fuji agreed oh, to a terrible, terrible stipula because Mr. Fuji is the worst manager ever and decides, yeah, after my my fat wrestler has just wrestled for you know forty minutes, yeah, no, he'll face you, Hulk Hogan. So. No one wants that history to repeat. Yeah, but let's not do that. But
1: with Wrestle Kingdom nine history repeating for NATO, perhaps Wrestle Kingdom ten history will now repeat for him uh, next year. Uh, Okada did say he wants to face him again at the Dome. You know, and even that with Okada kind of giving him that passive aggressive at a voice. Yeah, nice. Oh, good
0: match, huh, buddy? Like, yeah, let's like, do it again fun, next year. Yeah.
1: That's exactly what Tanahashi did to Okada at Wrestle Kingdom nine right. when he was crying in the aisle. So, so many parallels. And only on this show will you see this main event match, you know, with analogies to Nucky Thompson and Draymond Green. (laughs) So, you know, where else (laughs) are you going to get that?
0: Yeah. Nucky Thomas, Draymond Green, Andre Godala. And yeah.
1: We cross many Venn
0: diagrams. (laughs) Oh, I forget that they're wearing those God awful fucking shirt jerseys when they won those titles. Ah, they should have scrape that from history. The black Cavs shirt jerseys. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, Ugh, disgusting. Well, first of all
1: shirt jerseys stink the beginning. they do and
0: they're luckily they're finally gone and, and hopefully gone forever so that uh yeah but replaced by other equally terrible negative some
1: players where they shoot better with the shooting shirts I, no I don't, way I,
0: that's impossible as I, somebody I, who I, played I, basketball I, my entire life that is completely impossible like there's no buy it either there's no way <laughs> there's no and way certainly
1: our opinions carry more weight to professional oh, of players. course
0: yeah I, I think i know how to shoot a basketball you, more than these nba guys but i'm telling you so that's right you know they're idiots they don't know what they're talking about i do though go you know Come hoop at the uh <laughs> at the I think I,
1: I, I might be able to shoot a basketball better than some of these volume shooters, like uh name one here. Give me a volume <laughs> Lou shooter. Williams.
0: <laughs> Lou Williams. Like Lou Williams.
1: That's a very good volume shooter. <laughs> How about every three point specialist in the nineties that wasn't Del Curry? They were all volume shooters, right? Like Dan Marley was considered like this legendary three point shooter. He shot like, you know, thirty percent and hit like ninety a year. Right, but exactly. Yeah it's era dependent, right? I mean, Steph
0: Curry's already like seventh all time in threes and like in two years is going to be the first all time. And like in like a quarter of the games that other guys have played. So it's, it's and they're
1: shooting almost 50%. Exactly.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's, it's,
1: back then you shot 32% and you hit, you know, 1.2 per game. And you were like, got to keep an eye on that sharp shooter. You can't let, you know, legler get loose yeah which is funny
0: if you go back and watch like old basketball games or whatever you'll see like those guys that you're thinking of name a guy you know a kerr a marley or whatever and they'll be open yeah there you go and they'll be open from three and you're like because now your basketball brain is like boom if there's like cover them right there's like or yeah or if there's like four inches of space the guy's putting it up like especially if he's a decent shooter i mean fuck if he's any type of shooter he's putting it up but you'll see like steve kerr hold the ball I'm like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? Shoot the ball! Like you're a fit. And Steve Kerr wasn't actually a good percentage shooter. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Shoot the damn ball! And he sits there and waits and waits and waits and then like waits for you know. Bill Whittington to get on the block so we could like throw it down to him and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, right, like or you guys should sure have known trying, what was going on.
1: Yeah, or he's trying to draw a defender to open up. Right, basket. exactly. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Like that's yeah. how they were coached. You know, I know, like, I know.
0: yeah, because if Kerr just chucked yeah. that three up, Phil Jackson's putting him on the bench and screaming at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Like,
1: right. You know, so get it's some like,
0: good shots. Get some good shots here. Let's go. Get the, yeah, get
1: a better shot. Yeah, why are you shooting from thirty two feet? You know, get the ball in there. <laughs> You know, let's get that mid get it to Ron Harper so he can take a mid-range jumper. And uh, you know, let's get back on D. Yeah, let's let's have
0: Luke Longley run the baseline and maybe he uh, can you know get free and we'll <laughs> try to throw him with yeah, the yeah.
1: So you know, and it, it, these three-point shooters. And you're right, a lot of them did end up like you know, like Craig Hodges couldn't stay on the floor because you know he's busy taking three. You know, it's it is it, a totally different time.
0: All right, well there you go. That's our uh, brief NBA. <laughs> this is the Over and Back NBA Cuphead Podcast. On, uh-
1: Nucky Thompson. <laughs> Draymond Green, Mike Uzzolino, and Craig Hodges Right, work into you your Wrestle Kingdom uh, yeah. review.
0: you get. find another podcast in the world that would do that. Craig Hodges and Kazuchika Okada in the same That's right. minutes of each other discussed. But uh, uh, yeah, let's get to the rest of this card. Before we do that, though, I do want to let everybody know that this... Episode of the Voice Wrestling Flash Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at SeatGeek. And buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy Joe, and it's called SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to every live event, whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a beautiful night out, or just need to find the perfect gift. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices. Fully guaranteed we've both used the SeatGeek app. And it's by far the easiest way to shop for tickets with just a few taps. We can instantly find seats. I actually bought tickets to a Bulls game a few weeks ago, or uh, actually last week. And I'm going to see uh, Big Crips. And the, and the Knicks take on the bulls, the resurgent bulls, the out-of-nowhere, the Nico Nikomiritsch led bulls. But, uh, yeah, it was nice and easy, and SeatGeek uh, makes it impl- uh, simple and easy to do that. Uh, they search multiple ticket sites. Uh, they compare prices, find amazing deals. You get that deal score. You see the green. You know it's a good deal. Uh, yeah, as I said, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on the value, so you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with complete confidence. Make SeatGeek your go to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And now here's the kicker, Joe. Voice wrestling listeners, they will get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. All they have to do is download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code VOW. That's promo code VOW. You get 20 bucks, straight up 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase down the app, promo code VOW. So pretty good stuff there. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to some other stuff in this uh, in the show. I think I, let, I I think we should just go kind of reverse. I mean, we we gotta talk Omega Jericho next. I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree. Unless you want to turn the tables. <laughs> no, you know what? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that because I I really want to talk about this Tanashi White because that's kind of you know one of the more interesting ones. But I think we do have to talk this Omega Jericho. Uh, what were your thoughts? You went. Uh, you said you 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 were you didn't want to go five. That you went four and three quarters. I was right with you. I went four and three quarters the night of. Upon rewatch, I I don't like doing it, but I watched it twice again and I said, Man, I I think it's a five star match. So I went back and I changed it, Joe. I now have it at five stars as well.
1: There were two matches for me on rewatch that improved. This was one, and KES versus Evil and Sonata was the other. Oh, that's
0: so good. That match fucking rules. I can't wait to talk about
1: that match. I mean, that match rocked. Um, You know, that match was so good. I'm like DMing participants in the middle of the night.
0: <laughs> like you rule. You're awesome.
1: Yeah. Tell them to tell them how good. Of course. Tr-
0: you're talking about evil. That we're always DMing evil. Of course. So.
1: Well, yes, Sonata. Yes, <laughs> uh, Sonata. Sonata. I'm not even sure he speaks. Um, but uh,
0: by the way, if you can get his number, the nurse would love that. So see if you can uh, see, see if you can swing Sonata's number for the uh, for the nurse. I know so.
1: she was a big fan of uh, U.S. indie worker Sonata with his uh, with his uh, dopey uh, Bama Bangs haircut. And um, his highlights and his big, uh, big smile. Do you think knowing her taste, she prefers that sonata or uh, like this, this uh, rock and roll, uh, what would you call him? Uh, Cold, you know, a cold skull sonata with the uh, the bad boy. Now that he's a bad boy, do you think she would prefer him now or prefer him then? Because different women are going to prefer a different version here. You know what I mean? And you can totally understand why in each case.
0: Well, I can tell you exactly who she prefers because she came oh, last night have- to watch the show. She came and watched and, and she's looking at the screen. I see her just like looking and she goes, who is that? And I was like, you know. And she's like, no, I don't. No, I don't. Who is that? And I'm like, that's Sonata. And she's like, the guy from like Dreamwave. And I'm like, yeah, and she's like, oh, and then she was just like fixated. And I said, well, do you, do you notice he's different? He's got the Mohawk. He's, you know, a little bit more rugged or whatever. And she much prefers the uh, the current uh, Sonata. So oh. she liked Bam and She liked Nice Guy Sonata, but, you know. She gets a nice taking- guy. She's got a nice guy every day. She doesn't need nice guy anymore. She wants the a leather pants like <laughs> Mohawk yeah. guy. Like I'm, I'm the I'm the Bama Big Sonata. I'm like, you know, shaking hands and being nice and doing dishes and shit. She wants she likes this guy. She likes the leather pants, you know, little, you know, little gel, she, yeah. a little more you know, rugged. You know, yeah. like, she'll marry you. She don't want
1: to marry cold cold skull. She might want like a romp in the hay with cold oh, skull, sure. you yeah, know. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like she don't want to, she but she doesn't want to hold his hand in the mall. <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Right. Like she wants to walk the mall with Kraitch. You know, Kraitch is going to take care of her and be nice to her and all that shit. But, like, if she's having some fantasy where she's getting mauled, she's going with, with cold skull. I got gotcha. you. I'm taking notes for when we do the Wife Swap, oh, Lands good, Unfiltered good, podcast, because I'd like to uh, follow up on this a little more. And I'd, I'd like to know, is this why you have a mohawk now? Because I hear you got a haircut.
0: <laughs> right. it's, and, it's weird. Yeah, today I got just inexplicably decided to get a, a mohawk. Pretty. How does your
1: boss feel about your uh, your your mohawk? And you're, uh, the fact that you come to work wearing leather pants and, and with a baseball <laughs> no bat. Shirts.
0: Yeah, well, I've always wanted to show off my abs, too. So, it's, it's great. It's all kind of worked out quite well. Because me and Sonata, obviously, have very similar physiques. So, uh, it's about time. <laughs> yeah. Cause, yeah, I've been wearing a shirt and, you know, dumpy, like, you know, sweatshirts and shit like that. Now, it's it's pretty nice to just kind of go out there. Especially in this, you know, 10-degree weather. It's real nice to kind of let it finally fly and, and stuff. So, yeah, no. It's, uh...
1: C- certainly an attractive fella that uh, <laughs> I. Uh,
0: he is it's, it's it's kind of uh it's, it's annoying how attractive he is it, it really is and not that i'm not like jealous of him like because she loves him it's just like it's very annoying because he's just like a very good looking man he's got like the perfect amount of stubble all the time so you're like oh fuck off you know what i mean like his face is it's, it's, get out of here very
1: symmetrical face yeah like too. fuck off get out of you know?
0: here. Buddy. you can't look like that that's stupid. he doesn't have like
1: he doesn't have like one ear that sticks out more than the other no, he doesn't have perfect like- it's stupid get out of here you're- one nostril that's a little wider than the other. He doesn't have like, yeah, like you know, he's
0: solid, like old, old school American chin too, like a 1950s, you know, the 1950s quarterback chin, like, you know, back in the day, a very chiseled. Uh, right. Yeah. Like nobody looks like that ball anymore. Ball. Like, you know, that's, but people all look like that. You know, you go through your, yeah. your dad's yearbook and everybody's got like the chiseled jaw. Yeah, and a crew cut or whatever. He no, he has that. The Unitas—they all look like Johnny Unitas, but no, like you know, he looks like Jim
1: Thorpe. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. That's like, like yeah, what the fuck? You know, he's like Bronco Nagurski. You know, he's like got that chiseled jawline. You know, and then, and then he's just but like nobody uh, looks
0: like that anymore. Have you met anybody that has a chiseled jawline these days? Oh, that's I, other, I, yeah.
1: I You don't see many chiseled jawlines. I got to be honest, you don't see them very often. The other thing he's got—he's one of these people that have like a thousand teeth.
0: You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like add had that. Edge had like forty-five teeth. He's got, you know,
1: he, he got awesome. a thousand teeth. They smile and it looks like there's 400 white chiclets in their mouth, and they're all like pearly and bright, and they're like you're like ah, you're like blocking your eyes because it's like reflecting the light. Like yeah, he's one of those guys. He doesn't smile much now with the gimmick, but yeah, that that's kind of like what he's all about, you know? Uh, Perfect physique. You know, so yeah, a very attractive man. Oh, yeah.
0: But we were talking about Bronco Nagurski, Craig Hodges. We are. That's what we do. That's what we got. If you bring a bingo card for this this episode, this is, this is going all over the place.
1: So we we're talking about Jericho Omega, and yeah, <laughs> right. I, I I wanted to go five, but I could not because it just didn't. I, I there was debate in my mind, so I didn't. Um, no one really cares about my goofy star rating anyway. But I, it was a phenomenal match in my opinion. I mean, this you know Jericho. You know, here's the thing about the stipulation. It gives these garbage matches, these, these plunder matches, they really give you an opportunity to hide behind the plunder, you know? And, you know, when they made it no DQ, my thought was, okay, Jericho is being very realistic with himself. He's pushing 50. He's working a show. he, He knows what's going on in the wrestling business. He knows he's in there with a guy whose gimmick is that he has six star matches he knows that wrestle kingdom is a place where you have to have a good match uh he's working a promotion which is built on good matches and he, i thought he's very smart he's going to hide behind plunder and you can and not a single person rich do you think a single person would have blamed chris jericho if this was like a good match the morning after where it was very obvious that he took shortcuts to get there and kind of made up for his physical deficiencies in doing so. Would anyone have blamed him for that
0: as long as the match delivered? No, I don't think so. And I think we all set ourselves up for those expectations. And we, we talked yeah. about this last week and the week before that the second it went no DQ it was like, all right, cool. Well, they're not going to have a great match. They're just going to, or not, not necessarily. We talked about it. We said that their the capacity to have a great match wasn't, it, it didn't need to be a, you know what I mean? Like he had sort of set the bar that like, Hey, if we have a great match, we have a great match, whatever. But you know, we're going out here and we're just going to kind of have some fun and, and, and have a story here and have like a, yeah. you know, a plunder. We, we knew that that was sort of the expectation when that no DQ happened. And then he goes out there and busts his fucking yeah. ass and has a great. <laughs> the match, fact so. is
1: you can hide behind a garbage match. And st- and still have it be an entertaining match because right
0: like we, we were saying for the for it being an elite match was going to be tough for them like that it was going right, to be one yes. of the, we were going to come saying hey that was really fun you know Omega worked his ass off took a bunch of bumps you know Jericho did what he did but man he's forty seven he's showing that age or whatever you know that we had set ourselves up for that expectation I think everybody did I think almost everybody that that followed Jericho as of late sort of set themselves up for that especially with that no DQ because that was Jericho looking at himself and going ah you know I can't have the the Kenny Omega you know six star five star you know Tokyo Dumb special. So let's try to alter it a little bit. But yeah.
1: so it's like Shane McMahon <laughs> and every CZW wrestler ever just hides behind the plunder, you know, sure. and, yeah. and and, and it, it it's entertaining and it's whatever, you know, ECW made a, you know, fucking reputation on that in a lot of cases um, for a lot of guys. So, but that's not what happened here. No, I mean, this was a, this was a plunder match and it had wild spots and all of those sorts of things. And, Kenny Omega was great and he's always great and he put his body on the line and he put his life on the line like he always does because that guy is going to do whatever it takes to have a great match. And I- 110%
0: every single time. I, I mean, have
1: so much respect for him that it's outrageous. I mean, he's just, he's just, yeah, like you said, 110%. he, he going wants to. Out there.
0: When he wants to, there are times. And again, like that's why I don't get like people get up really upset when he has like a dopey tag match. He's wearing the tights and all that. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't give a shit if on Road to Power Struggle he is going to phone it in if he's going to fucking give 110% every time it's a big match. What matters in the
1: spot? Yeah, absolutely. You know, And, and it's like, but the thing is, Jericho more than held up his end. This was a great performance by Chris Jericho. He was great. You know, he, 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 uh, and, and, and it wasn't just, look, you know, he's going to kill it with the mannerisms. You know, he's going to kill it with the character work. You know, he's going to kill it um, in terms of structuring a match. You don't worry about those things with Chris Jericho. But his physical performance, as doughy as he looked, he was more out of shape than he's ever been. And believe me, he wasn't Saya Sonata on his last few WWE.
0: <laughs> right. But yeah, <laughs> but, this was. But,
1: but he, was his, he was doughier looking than ever. He was. You know, he's gone past dad bod and he's kind of got young grandpa bod at this point. But despite all of that, his physical performance was phenomenal. You know, and, and, and you know, he did things that I didn't think he was physically capable of. Like that, the, the one wing angel reversal uh, towards the end of the match was something that I'm not That sure late in the match
0: too. I mean, Jesus, yeah. that, that was the thing that I got. It was like. I sort of thought that as the match was going to go on, he was going to start kind of phoning it, not, not phoning it in, but that he wasn't going to physically be able to do some right. of the stuff. I mean, 30 minutes into the, match. I mean, he hasn't had a, a grueling 30 minute match in, in how long? I mean, we're talking a uh, decade probably. Yeah, and, again,
1: and again, who would have blamed them if it was table spot, lay there for four minutes. No, he's, 40, he's fucking seven years old. <laughs> table <laughs> spot, lay there for four more minutes, but you know, and it was paced very intelligently to, so he wouldn't guess. So neither one of them would get, but it's not like, I was ever bored or it wasn't obvious that they were pacing uh, and it wasn't, you know, um we just never, you know, it, it, it was, it was enthralling all the way through and um huge credit to Chris Jericho for that. Uh, Omega, yeah, forget, we praise him so much, you know? Yeah, whatever. You know, I think great. that's what even I, said, I tweeted
0: out. Why even do it? Why even not to have the conversation anymore? He's fucking great. You
1: know, it, within five minutes, he's, he's doing uh, you know he's doing a splash from inside the ring through the English a, a commentator table, and you know one thing about that, and that and that and that spot was just mental. One thing about that, I'm watching that spot and I'm cringing and I'm making noises in my house when he's doing that, and I'm I'm like Kenny Omega's a fucking maniac and it's knocking. The... But here's the here's the thing, it's like it just goes to show that when you keep some of these things sort of to a minimum, they have so much more impact because. We see announcer tables broken on every single WWE pay-per-view and probably on what? One out of every three Raws at this point?
0: Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. No, for sure. And then the barricade, you know, there's somebody getting speared through the barricade thing that I always laugh your about. That's big one. I knew to yeah.
1: bring it up. And it's like that spot as well where someone goes through the barricade. And it's like we're numb to it. It never has the kind of impact that this one Omega spot had because New Japan does it four times a year. They'll do it in a G1 final. They'll do it in a match like this. Um, you just it, it happens three or four times. Maybe not even that much. Maybe once or twice a year, they'll do a spot through a table. You know, Kenny Omega's not doing it on Road to Power Struggle. He's not doing it at, at, at even a New Beginning show or a, a Dominion show. He's doing it in G1 finals. He's pile-driving Naito through a table. Uh, on this show, he's diving through a table at ringside. And it has so much more impact when – You're spacing it out like that when it it just it it feels like in the biggest matches, they're letting it all hang out. And that's so important. And it just shit is just so overdone in WWE. And this isn't me doing a New Japan versus WWE thing to get out of here. okay? the point here is when things are overdone in wrestling. And that was a good comparison because it was a table spot that why are who am I arguing with? I'm like arguing (laughs) against someone who's not even here. But you, you understand what I'm saying. So
0: I, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's it would seem a, like a mundane spot if it wasn't this big sort of moment or whatever. I mean, and then that's, well, I guess we're, we're, we're really, I mean, it was still a fucking crazy spot. I mean, it, it was ridiculous rope over the barricade through a table face first is, <laughs> and take out Don Callis along the way too, which is funny. It was like a kind of a symbolic thing too. That's what I mean. Like anything Kenny Omega does in the match, everything means something. That's the greatest part about him is that, you know, that him running into Don Callis and the Don Callis took the, the brunt of that meant something because that's the Winnipeg connection that's the guy that tried to break up the fight between the two you know what I mean like so it wasn't just like he could have went out there and, and and bumped into Kevin Kelly or he could have went out there and crashed through another table or whatever but the fact that he took out Don Callis that that the the Winnipeg connection was the guy that got knocked out or whatever it's just that thing that Kenny Omega is just such a fucking thinking man's wrestler and there was a lot of thinking man spots this entire um and that's the thing like my favorite spot of this entire and, and it's, it's it's the most random it, it doesn't mean much or whatever but um it was a little bit after this is that uh, Jericho's on the outside so after Omega went through the table uh, Jericho's like shoving you know he shoved Red Shoes down to the ground or whatever and then Omino comes up and he slaps Omino and he puts him in a, a, a lion tamer and the fact that he did lion tamer and not the walls of Jericho was the fucking greatest thing ever because obviously you know Omino being a young lion or whatever it wouldn't make sense to do the walls of Jericho you lion tame a, a young lion right you don't you don't yeah. throw him in the walls throwing, and I was just like god like that is Chris Jericho and that's why I, sometimes I love Chris Jericho too uh, a lot of times, I look for sure because he's a great wrestler too. Is it's like that was something that I mean, how many people are really going to pick up on that? How many people are really going to notice that? But he does it for those who do pick up on it. He does it for himself. He does it because maybe Kenny Omega said, "Oh, hey, when you don't give him the walls of Jericho, give him the lion's tape. You know what I mean? Like I know that those two dudes at some point thought about that. You know, one of the two of them thought about that and said, "You know, when I put that young lion in a submission, I'm not going to do you know the walls. I'm going to do lion's going It make sense." Just that little thing, like right there, was just like, "Oh man, it was perfect." I just loved it so much.
1: Yeah. It's, it's what I was thinking about with that Umino spot right in front of his dad, of course, (laughs) was this could become one of those, a legendary photo someday when this guy is IWGP heavyweight champion, you know, and you look back and he's getting put in this hold, being humiliated in front of his father by, you know, a now 57 year old Chris Jericho, who's on his uh, 98th tour of duty uh, with WWE between Fozzie tours. You know what I mean? It's like, This can become like a legendary thing that we look back on if Umino's career, uh, you know, goes the way that some people think it could, including myself. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, real cool spot there. Um, But uh, Omega wins the match. Um, I think that that kind of added some oomph to the next day when, uh, you know, Jericho wasn't on the New Year Dash show. Uh, had didn't show up on the New Year Dash show. Naito, uh, Los and Nobles win the main events. Um, Naito gives his speech, his boys walk away, and Jericho comes through the crowd and attacks Naito. Um, setting up a Jericho-Naito match, which will happen at a to-be-determined date, which makes a shit ton of sense at this point because Naito and Jericho were throwing shots at each other in the build-to-wrestle kingdom. Mm-hmm. And Rich, none of it was by accident. It just goes to show when it comes to this company, it's like there's other companies where you feel like nothing matters. This company, it just feels like everything matters and you have to have your eyes open and you have to be paying attention.
0: Right. Naito being obsessed with the main event and and the fact that that was the accomplishment, you know, played out into the finish of this match. And then him also being obsessed with the main event in a lot of ways, you know, when the Jericho Omega thing got announced his main event, he was bitching and moaning. of like, who the fuck cares? I don't care about I, I I forgot what he said exactly about Jericho, but he threw a little shade at him. You know, ah, he's old or whatever. He's American. He gives a shit like it's about me. It's about the you know, the, this main event or whatever. So, yeah, he's obsessed with the main event and it's going through like he got his main event. But still, it kind of pisses him off a little bit now. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, you know, it's still like I'm a main event. But what the hell were you even doing as the second main event? I should have been the only main event. And it, it's awesome. It's perfect. Yeah, it's it's another you know little little wrinkle there. And, and I'm glad. I'm glad Jericho's coming back. You know, presumably. I mean, there wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't set this up for it. So I'm glad because yeah, I was I was blown away by Jericho's performance here. I just couldn't believe the best part about him too is that how he, how how easily he was able to play a heel too, and he was able to use those few moments of. Like you're saying, the moments where they they didn't do move, 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 move. I mean, a lot of Kenny Omega matches would be that, where it would be just like, but they used a lot of pacing, and Jericho used that pacing to sort of cool down and, uh, like you said, to uh, get his breath or whatever. But it wasn't like he was just sitting on the mat or it wasn't like he would get up and he would, you know, m- say a middle finger to the crowd or yell shit to Chono oh, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, just little stuff like that. He was doing so good that the one party just got up and started giving everybody the middle finger and the entire Tokyo Dome was booing him. It's just like, it's awesome. Like, the, it's Chris Jericho, they have no, you know what I mean? Like, he, they don't really have that big of a connection to him. He hasn't been around forever, but, like, in those 20 minutes, he was able, or the 20, 30 minutes or whatever, was able to just completely get the crowd to do exactly what he wants because he's a fucking great pro wrestler. He's an all-time great. And that's, you know, the, there's I, another, you know, you know, another testament to it.
1: Yeah, and I, I was surprised how well they reacted to him and to the match. Um, I wasn't, you know, we talked about it. We weren't sure what to expect. It worked just to a quiet crowd. I mean, it looks foolish in hindsight. It looks downright foolish yeah, in hindsight. Went, the, that crowd was the, nuts. Yeah, the crowd went absolutely fucking nuts. And they loved it, you know, and they went nuts into New your dash and the guy's over, you know, and 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 everything worked. I think what shook people and what certainly shook me was the initial angle in the fu- in Fukuoka, which is a shit crowd. And I think we forget that, you know, Fukuoka is always a shit fucking crowd. Carl Anderson took a shit on it a few years ago at G1, and it's it's never been a crowd that's any good. Um, So they didn't react to it. And, you know, I, the other, it, it, but clearly that and the press conference attack and everything else, it, this was. And it, and it wasn't just the, the tourist fans. I mean, Cork and Hall New Year Dash. At that, you know, they were going nuts for Jericho too when he ran in. So, and I guess now is a good time to talk about the Jericho business impact. Um, something like what, uh, twenty five hundred fans from the West attended this show. Mm-hmm. Um, what, that, was that the number, 25 or twenty five? I think that, so. Yeah. I don't like know if that. that was
0: ever an official one or whatever. Have had about the two thousand to twenty five hundred people is sort of the estimate from Europe and the U.S. that, that attended.
1: Right, which is well above the numbers from previous years. There's no question Jericho was a factor in that. I'm not saying all 2,500 of those people ran to their fucking computers to buy tickets because Chris Jericho, but a a good deal of them, that that helps. Um, And then, of course, New Japan World. uh, Dave Meltzer reported 90,000 people uh, are now subscribing to New Japan World. Uh, We do not have – and that he did not have the uh, North American or or, uh, non-Japan splits for that number yet, but they are up to 90,000. And um, we weren't sure where Dave got those numbers or, or what was going on. So we went to double confirm that and we asked somebody in the company a couple minutes before the show. And I don't know if you saw, but they did respond and they did confirm the number is 90,000. So, um, you know, not that we don't trust Big Dave, but uh, now you heard it from us, too. How about that? So now you got it double sourced. Uh, and, and from us, we can tell you that it's coming from inside the company, that there's you know they've got 90,000 subscribers. Which is a
0: 20,000 increase over last year. Um, so or, or, or shortly, them. no, no, 20,000 increase, uh, before, uh, cause I, I think they said 70,000 a little bit before dome. So we have right. an increase of 20,000, you know, over the last, whatever you want to say the last month, the last few weeks, it was a 20,000 increase for this show. People signed up Correct. for this show. I mean, that, what, however you want to sort of use the math or whatever. Yeah. The 70,000 was shortly before January 4th and now we have 90,000 afterwards. So.
1: Yeah. So when you look at foreigners who attended the show, you look at New Japan World, you look at crowd reactions, I think we could put that baby to bed. Chris Jericho was very clearly a net positive for business. Um, hard to argue against that. And the match delivered, which is important. If the match hadn't delivered and he looked old or he looked washed up, I don't know if you can do a Naito match, you know, and and, and clearly they were that has been the plan all along. They would have had to go through with a match that might not that might have ended up not being so hot, especially if the plan is to do that match in Long Beach. Because if Jericho had a disappointing match, now you're going to like main event him in front of his core audience in the United States. There's not going to be a ton of interest for that. Now, I feel like there's going to be I feel like there's going to be a ton of interest for an to Jericho now. Oh, um, I'm already getting so.
0: texts. I, I my, my, one of my casual fan friends was like, what's going on? Where is that happening? <laughs> like, like, it's it's been amazing. I mean, feeling the. I mean, we talked about sort of, you know, our little bubbles that we're, we're very interested in, or whatever. I mean, I'm getting, I mean, and, and it's exactly what they wanted. This guy yeah. did not watch New Japan before, but he said, "Why did Jericho attack Naito?" I get in the background. And he goes, "Oh, when is it going to happen?" I said, "I don't know, but I think this." And he goes, "Cool, I watched New Year's Dash." and I, you know, boom, bingo, <laughs> right here. That's like the, you know, I'm. It's just one of many examples. But here's a guy who had no reason, maybe just came in to watch Jericho, and, and Omega but got hooked by something else. Maybe he he heard about the next night or whatever. Now he's interested in more. What was the background? I gave him the background. Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like little stuff like that. I mean, you talked about, you were tweeting it out earlier on new Japan world. People are going back and watching old Omega matches (laughs) going back and sort of, we can see from the top 10 of, of new Japan world that people are sort of working their way around the site a little bit. And those are new people. I can,
1: uh, we let's talk about that right now. Cause I've got it right in front of me. Um, what do you want the daily rating rankings or the weekly rankings?
0: Um, um, well, at this point, daily well, might be I, pretty fun. Yeah.
1: Do you have daily? Okay. So, yeah, here, here is, and I assume, I don't know how they do this. It must reset every 24 hours or so. So, over the last 24 hours or so, uh, the number one viewed video on New Japan World is the Tokyo Dome show with English commentary, okay? Again, an indication that uh, Chris Jericho made a difference here. Because if you check this out um after any other big New Japan show, the show with the Japanese commentary is always ahead of the show with the English commentary. Right. Okay. Every single time. They're usually number one and number two, but it's flip-flopped. Number two is the show with the Japanese commentary. But, you know, I've seen people counter that by saying, well, a lot of the people who would normally watch on New Japan World may have been in the Tokyo Dome, which may be Uh, you know, swinging this uh, to the, okay. I can kind of, okay. I kind of buy that. But then if you continue going down the rankings, the number three watched video uh, yesterday on new Japan world was wrestle kingdom 11 with English. Right. And that's not
0: you and I let's be like, you know what I mean? That's not hardcore fans. Nobody listened to the show. Finished wrestle kingdom 12 yesterday and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch wrestle kingdom 11. Like we all know that. I mean, the hardcores of the hardcores are not going back and watching wrestle kingdom 11. That's yeah, new and it's important that. to note
1: that's not the Japanese commentary, right? And the Wrestle Kingdom Eleven show with Japanese commentary is nowhere to be found on these rankings
0: because they're not going back that and watching a, it. Why would they go back and watch it? They've seen it. They're
1: done. That is a clear, yeah. crystal clear indication that that uh, there was a huge influx of English speaking people who bought New Japan World, watched this show. And then went back and watched a bunch of other shit. You know, Omega, cause Rich, I will continue. Number four was the twelve eighteen road to Tokyo dome cork and show, but number five for some inexplicable reason was just the match upload, not the whole show. The match upload of Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada from Wrestle Kingdom. Um, uh, 11.
0: Okay. So okay. the people that first so people, people watched the whole me. show, Right. Some people click the whole show for, to find that match, and then some other people and, just clicked for the match. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some people just said, I just want to watch that match. Other people said, fuck it. I'm going to watch Tokyo Dome show. Uh, you know, but, but it, it, twice in the top five. And if I continue on, number six is the match upload of Okada versus Omega from Dominion. You see <laughs> the pattern here? Okay. I, I,
0: I'm and, finding a pattern. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then, and then there's some other stuff here. Let's see. There's a uh, Road to Tokyo Dome uh, main event, uh, Los Nobles versus Okada and, um, and Yo, uh okay. single match upload. World Tag League Final, you would expect that to still be lingering because it's pretty fresh. Sure. That's number eight. Number nine is the Kenny Omega-Tetsuya Naito G1 Final Match.
0: Right.
1: So, sorry, I made a mistake. Number 10 was the... Uh, uh, Tokyo Dome show in Japanese. It did make the top 10. It was 10th. So, you know, tons of Kenny Omega, tons of Kenny Omega single matches sneaking in there. And uh, the English versions of Wrestle Kingdom 12 and Wrestle Kingdom uh, 11 in the top three. English speakers bought this uh, service and, and they didn't just pop in for Jericho Omega. They went out and seeked out more Kenny Omega. So I, I think that's another good business indication uh that that things did well. I can tell you this too for the week. Um uh the top three are the same, and then number four and five are both the twelve eighteen uh and show, but one in English and one in Japanese. So they even went back and watched like the shows that built to Wrestle Kingdom. In English, which I thought was interesting, and then you find a lot of the same stuff: the Dominion match, the Wrestle Kingdom match, the match against Tetsuya Naito, and World Tag League drops uh, down to tenth for the week. So, um, but you know, everything else is identical, uh, with the exception of the uh, twelve eighteen show popping up twice, once in English. So, um, or I guess that show did that show even air in English? That doesn't make sense. Uh, which one? Uh, the Road to Tokyo Dome shows.
0: No, yeah, no, uh, I don't think did, so.
1: Did Kelly and Callis stick around seven days to do those shows? I don't I, think that they did. I don't
0: did. believe they did, yeah. I, I...
1: So then this has to be an error because that show is listed twice at fourth and fifth, hmm. all games. So that might be a mistake. But I, the, the point obviously stands, that uh, it's very obvious that people bought this and were watching Kenny Omega, a lot of Kenny Omega matches this week in English. On New Japan World, so right, which is um,
0: probably, uh, yeah, probably an indication that something, uh, <laughs> let's let's try to figure out. Yeah, I mean, we, we've sort of done it there. That's not, you know, it's not common that like Dominion and, and random, it, 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 let me you tell know, you something. Like, yeah, nobody's watching, yeah, the nobody's Dominion watching 11. you know, what I mean, like, how many people are really going back and watching Wrestle Kingdom 11 right before? I mean, maybe there's a bunch of people that, that were hyped up for Wrestle Kingdom 12 and decided to go back and watch 11 or whatever, yeah, but I tend to think that, that if you got a Right, exactly. It would only be you know the hardcores and the hardcores that did it. It's people that, and like you said, the fact that that other Omega one was there, so it was. I, I bet it was a lot of people that didn't know that you could get that match, the Okada uh, Omega on its own. So they went and clicked Wrestle Kingdom and scrolled over to Okada Omega or whatever. And well, some people well, were smart enough to realize, oh, hey, you could just get the match by itself. But yeah, the, both of those being up there yeah. is is yeah. And
1: you can make your point very simple. It's it's Wrestle Kingdom Eleven in English. That's third.
0: Yeah, exactly. So right. <laughs> I mean,
1: so uh, so there you go. So um. You know, pretty obvious that um, you know Chris Jericho had a, a very positive um, uh, effect on the business side. I had another point to make, but I can't remember it now.
0: Well, Just, you had you had one in, in your review. You mentioned it. Uh, you you asked, and I, I know you put this up on Twitter as well. had Voices Wrestling on our Twitter account, is uh, was this the best Chris Jericho match ever? And yeah, I'm,
1: I mean, I was thinking about that. I don't yeah. know the answer to that. I don't know if I would call it the Chris, best Chris Jericho. It might be, in my opinion, the best. I I, I don't know. Um, you know, people gave a bunch of suggestions. Um, I, you know, the raw tag is going to be really hard to beat for me. Um, but in terms of singles matches, I, I may have preferred this one to any other singles matches ever had. Do you have any that come to mind?
0: Yeah. I was going through a, kind of my, I was going through, a, you know, cage match and looking at a few of the ones. And, and there's a few that come, this, I think this is it though. I mean, I'm really going to, I might actually kind of go back and watch some of these over the weekend just to kind of, uh, get an idea. Cause I think that's a really fascinating, interesting question, especially if, you know, at 47 years old, uh, to do that. But you have like, um, once it came up for me, and this is, um, you can get this on Cage Match as well. If you just go to Chris Jericho Match Guide, a lot of these will come up for you. Uh, there's a Benoit Jericho uh, ladder match at Royal Rumble 2001. I know a lot of people uh, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it as well. I feel like this, the Kingdom one is a little bit better, but you know I haven't seen that one in years. Uh, the tag match, the Raw tag match, that's, that's Benoit and Jericho versus uh, Austin or Triple H, the one with Triple H. Yes. Per, yes. Quad. That's one yeah. that, like I mean, that's probably going to be the one that, that probably is still better. Uh, probably Eclipse it. I, I think a lot of people brought that one up too, so that makes sense. Uh, there's the one I made you watch that one not that long, ago. The Chris Jericho Triple H from Fully Loaded. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah that, that's from Fully Loaded 2000. That's a pretty good one. Uh, a, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And then there's, of course, the uh, the Chris jericho Shawn Michaels match from SummerSlam yeah. um, 2008, I believe. It was, was it? Well, they had SummerSlam match, but I don't know if that was the one that was the best. They had another match afterwards, I think, that people liked a little bit more. Oh, No Mercy, they had a ladder match. That's that's the one that most the people The ladder match really. is the one yeah. people brought. Right. Um, but, man, I'm looking at this, and like I thought there was going to be more that were going to be like, yeah, no doubt that one is better. I, I, I tend to think it's right up there, and I'm looking at cage match ratings right now. It's third right now in, in terms of cage match. The 161 votes, uh, it's third. The, number one is the tag. Uh, number two is him versus Rey Mysterio in 2009, which I do not remember. I'll have to go back and watch that one. Uh, it's, uh, the bash title versus mask, Chris Jericho versus, uh, Ray Mysterio. I don't remember that one that much, but yeah, third right there is, is, is Chris Jericho Kenny Omega followed by, uh, uh, Jericho Michaels from the WrestleMania, which is a very good one. That's another really good one too. That uh, WrestleMania 19, I believe. And then yeah. you have the, yeah, as I mentioned that no mercy, uh ladder match. So, and well, I do know. In my
1: opinion, if you saw a match and can't remember it, can't you strike that one from the list?
0: Yeah, Never, the, the Mysterio one. I don't know if I ever actually did see that. So, so you may not
1: have seen it. So yeah, yeah okay. that
0: one I don't. I don't recall ever seeing. So that that one I'll, I'll have to go back. But those other ones, I mean, yeah. Other than that tag, the tag sticks out right now as one that I would say, yeah, that probably is better. But the other, I don't know if much else jumps out. So it's 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 amazing. I mean, this guy's got a huge catalog of matches, and and for this to be, you know, at age forty seven, after you know really being in and out of the business for years, for it to be right up there is is, is something. So yeah, you you weren't wrong in asking that question. it, it it's it's there.
1: Yeah, it's a fair question. Um, you know, there were people that picked other matches, mostly the ones that we just brought up, but there was nobody who really shit on the question as absurd, which is saying something. Because mm-hmm. again, the guy's older than Tenzon, and he goes <laughs> okay. out there in this kind of match and fucking puts in the performance that he does in a match with with that kind of quality. So,
0: all right, now I'm gonna bring it down a little bit here. We've been happy. We've been go lucky. We've been very fun. And yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Well, now it's time for Intercontinental Championship. Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Jay White to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Joe, what the hell were they doing?
1: I mean, here, here's the thing. This was a great show. There were no bad matches on the show, and this was not a bad match either.
0: No, this one on Rewatch, I enjoyed a lot more. And I'll, I'll get to that here in a little bit. But yeah, it's one that within the context of of knowing the finish helps this match a lot. Knowing that what's going to happen sort of helps you go, oh, you know, in context, in a vacuum or whatever, it's not a bad match. But
1: No, no, in a vacuum, it's a technically sound match. Yes, oh, plays- yeah. yeah
0: if you turn them, if a you good muted story. and had no idea who the two guys were and no idea about the stories and no idea about the backgrounds or whatever. And then you're not listening to the crowd and you don't care. You'd go, wow, that was a really well-worked match. Tanahashi just got the better of him that night. Like, you know, what's
1: which- a more classic pro wrestling story than heinous villain attacks the white meat babyface face and, 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 uh, you know, gets his match uh, for the title and attacks his injured body part. And the baby face makes the valiant comeback and, and, and thwarts the villain and defeats him. There's nothing wrong with that story. It's a classic pro wrestling story that has drawn more money than any other story in pro wrestling history. And the work here was solid with a few minor gaffes. I did think Jay White looked a little nervous at times. There was that one spot where he went up on the top turnbuckle and either, uh, you know, look, I have to defer to Hiroshi Tanahashi because he's one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. I think Jay White went up for that spot a little early. And Tanahashi stayed on the map because he knew it. I think he knew Jay White got ahead of himself because about three or four minutes later, Jay White went back up, and then they did the spot where he missed the missile drop kick. Right, right, And Tanahashi right. gave him a dragon screw.
0: So yeah, I, they, they said that Tanahashi rolled out of the way to kind of you know because he was smart or whatever. But it, yeah, it was absolutely. He probably looked up and was like, "No, dude, not now." It not was now. A cover. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Who who are you gonna blame for? Yeah, fucking Yeah, unfortunately, up the- <laughs> sorry,
0: Jay White. I'm taking Tanahashi's side on that. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I mean, and look, it's entirely possible that Tanahashi <laughs> forgot the spot. I'm but, not saying that's not possible. Right. Where he forgot the spot, and then Jay White hops down. They do some, you know, they go through the motions on a few spots, and he says, "Come on, motherfucker, you forgot the spot." But what are the odds that it's <laughs> that it's a Tanahashi that fucked up and not Jay? Tanahashi is one of the most brilliant people ever to put together a pro wrestling match. Something tells me. Plus, once Tanahashi, it's not like Tanahashi didn't see him up there. So even if Tanahashi forgot the spot or the placement of the spot, wouldn't he have gotten up at that point and said, oh shit, I should be on my feet right now. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think Tanahashi just stayed down because he was like, no dude, it's not time for this yet. So um, you know, other than that though, then that little gaff, uh, which had to be very embarrassing for White. Um, in the biggest match of his career, the work was great. I thought White was great. I thought Tanahashi was spectacular. Um, But the big issue here, obviously, is it sure seems to me like it was wrong fucking finish. Um, Now, again, maybe we see where they go with Jay White. He's obviously headed right into a feud with Kenny Omega. On New Year Dash, I think we need to bring that up now because, of course, sort of will play into our analysis of why they did this finish. I don't know if it'll necessarily change it. Um, but you know, Kenny Omega um offers Jay White, we'll do the first half of that when we talk about another match, but Kenny Omega offers Jay White a bullet club t shirt. It appears as though Jay White accepts the spot, but he gives uh Omega his uh whatever he calls his uh flatliner finish, sister Abigail type maneuver that he does. I, I always forget what he calls it. Um and leaves Omega laying. As Chase Owens and uh, Yujiro run him off, um, so uh, the lesson we learned at New Year Dash is don't leave the leader of your faction in the ring by himself. No, not you know? a good, not a good idea. Yeah,
0: please stay no. with him until he gets to the back. Yeah, just, just yeah.
1: Naito kicks, gets his ass kicked by Jericho, and then Switchblade, you know, kicks uh, Omega's ass. It was kind of funny how they did it though. Like, uh, you know, he, he's doing the do or don't thing, and then he puts the shirt on and he goes to give the two sweet. And Omega's like, no, 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 we can't do that. Just come in for the hug, you know. So it was kind of fun. yeah, yeah,
0: no, season to season to <laughs> He's, like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He's like, yeah, yeah,
1: no, no, no. He's like, no, no, no. He's waving his hands and shaking his head. He's like, just come in for a hug. And then they hug, and then they're standing there, and then he, you know, he hits him with the finish. It was very well done. Um, it fooled me, and it fooled a lot of people on Twitter. Because if you look on Twitter, you see a lot of people going, no, don't hug, yeah, do- gross, yeah. And then then their next tweet is, oh, thank God, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so so it fooled a lot of people. He's going to be a loner for now, which is fucking awesome, uh, you know, because here's what it means. Singles matches. You know, he's going to be in singles matches. He had a singles match against Kitamura on uh, New year Dash, which was Kitamura's first. They're doing a trial series with Kitamura. How awesome is that? You know, so uh, I guess we'll talk about that when we do Rambo. But uh, so back to Jay White and Tanahashi. So, you know, he's going to go right into something with Kenny Omega, which is a big time feud. Uh, he seemed to be over in Cork and Hall both during his match and during the angles. So that's a good thing. But man, I, I don't. Here's the thing. You can get over in defeat. We talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. I I don't necessarily have an issue with the finish, provided Jay White had gotten over. The problem was, despite the fact that the match was good and all of those things, I feel like it all came off flat, and I do not feel like he got over in that match. That match did not get Jay White over as a top-of-the-card superstar, which is what they want him to be. He's not working with Kenny Omega because he's getting Yujiro's spot. Okay, he's working with Kenny Omega and Hiroshi Tanahashi because they think he's a top line star. They had five people on the commemorative chair Tanahashi, Omega, Okada, Naito, and Jay White. Okay, they think this guy is a superstar. And that match, he did not get over as a superstar. So, from that perspective, I don't care how good the match was, the goal of the match failed on that night. It was flat and he didn't get over. That's why. I can't call the match bad but I can't rate it as highly as I would have if it, it would have it did not achieve its objective and that matters a right. lot because it, mm-hmm. that's the, every the point of every wrestling match is to achieve its objective in getting the people over especially this one the entire goal of this was to get the guy over and I don't believe they achieved their objective
0: I'm right with you yeah that, that's the one of the big issues and, and you know we 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 had talked about it on a few weeks when we did our preview show or whatever. We, we had sort of joked and laughed that hey, beat him in five minutes, just beat him down. I mean, that was probably never going to happen. I mean, that, that, that was kind of us just kind of joking around a little bit, but... It could have still been a competitive match, but Jay White had to look like a killer throughout. Jay White had to be ruthless on the knee, ruthless on attacking Tanahashi. Tanahashi had to, if, if Tanahashi was going to win, which again, like I don't necessarily mind that Tanahashi won. That's not the part I'm more angry with. The part I'm more angry with is that it wasn't, Tanahashi just kind of cruised to the win. It was like, yeah, you attacked my knee a little bit. Then I came back. Then you attacked the knee a little bit. Then I came back and then I won. It's just not. it wasn't like Tanahashi got out of there lucky that for his life, like Jay White had him and, and maybe one made one little mistake or, you know, a few little mistakes or didn't do that. It was just like a solid back and forth match. It was just like two guys, you know, trading stuff, Jay White, you Know doing any normal body part attack that you would see on a G1 or any sort of on a New Japan Cup match or whatever, it wasn't like this ruthless guy that was out to just destroy Tanahashi, he was working the knee over it kind of slowly and, and doing this and doing guard. There just wasn't that viciousness, there wasn't that character building. And when it was all said and done, you don't really know what Jay White is. Jay White just seems like a guy with dyed hair and, and black pants or whatever. He, d- he didn't come across as Switchblade, he didn't come across as a killer, he didn't come across as a psychopath, he was just a normal wrestler. Out there, he came off like Jay White,
1: he, yeah, he came off like Jay White the Young Lion in a Halloween costume,
0: right? Which, which and, and if criticism. you're gonna do that, that just have him be Jay White, don't have him be Jay White because then it looks stupid if he's Jay White in a Halloween costume, like you're saying. It was, that and
1: that was a criticism a lot of people made before the match that they didn't, they weren't buying into the gimmick. And my whole thing was, look, you know, let people settle, and I still believe that, I still believe he needs time. He's had two matches, yeah, right. let him find his footing let him settle into the gimmick and oh yeah I I he did a much
0: for what for what it's worth i don't think he's dead it was just like in that moment they just oh, no, no, no. They missed that's an opportunity an to make you know, like, it yeah
1: that's an important point to make too this absolutely does not mean he's dead i mean you know it doesn't mean that at all it just means it's off to a bad start look no further than kazuchiko Okada in 2012 in a horrible match he had with yoshihashi which not only did not get over but he got booed later in the show when he challenged tanahashi okay <laughs> right. And look how that turned out. So, no one's suggesting that Jay White is, no one on this show is suggesting that Jay White is dead in the water or they need to press the reset button or they need to reel back on the push. No, no, no. Uh, They will see it through. And we know how New Japan operates. They're going to see it through. AJ Styles bombs in this first main event. They see it through. Kazuchika Okada fails to get over in his return. They see it through. Uh, They're going to give you every opportunity, they're going to see their plan through. You know, before they uh, before they give up on you. So, uh, but but did this? Did he get over in this match? I don't believe he did. And I thought it was flat. And I thought it really was the only low light of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this match had delivered, uh, this was like a perfect pro wrestling show, because or as close as you can get to perfect. Because every match on the show either delivered or over delivered. Have you ever seen a pro wrestling show where every single match? either delivered or over delivered because I truly believe that would have been the case here, except this one underwhelmed.
0: Yeah. I mean, really when you look at the the match, like let's ignore this one, let's say that this ruled, it was awesome or whatever Yeah. Then I'm looking at far and away. The worst match on the entire show is the gauntlet, which was fine. You know what I mean? Like it was fine, which delivered exactly what we wanted. (laughs) Exactly. Like that would be so far and away the worst match on the entire show. If the, if the white and Tanahashi delivered. And and I still think the gauntlet probably is Yeah. The fucking Rambo overdelivered. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, know, one, so this I, was just the Rambo great. wasn't great. I mean, I, it was fine,
1: but I don't know. I it's thought cool. it was that. Well, listen, I guess we'll break down the Rambo later. I'll save those hot takes. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, so that this this under this underwhelms. Um, look, I went three stars on this, and I would have went higher if I was just rating the work. Look, if this was just some show on War of the Fucking Worlds in Edinburgh, UK. Or if it was uh, you know, on a fucking ROH show in, in 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 fucking Pennsylvania somewhere, and it was you know the third from the top match on something like that, and it didn't have all these other ramifications, I would have went much higher. But if it was just supposed to be a wrestling match, but this did not achieve its objectives, I've got to mark off for that. I mean that that's, that's right. you know a pro wrestling match has a goal, and this did not achieve it. Um, but the work the work was fine. Um, but yeah, very disappointing. Uh, and, and to compound it, he lost. That really compounded it. You know, let me ask you this though, and, and, and try to think about it this way. Cause I haven't seen anyone frame it this way because his performance wasn't necessarily dynamic because he didn't get his character over necessarily because he didn't exude superstar charisma. Is it better that he didn't win? Would it have been worse if he won the match and didn't get over at least this way he lost. Am I making sense?
0: Yeah. That's an interesting thought. I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah. that, that, if he had won, it would have been even more of a wet fart, maybe. It's just like, right. ah, that match kind of blew. And then he just won. And yeah, like, now no, this
1: guy's I, your intercontinental champion and he's not over and all these other things. Yeah, that's. And I can't believe that guy beat Tanahashi. You know, that would kind of be the sentiment would be those sorts of things today
0: instead of. Yeah, a little overpush, a little, oh, geez, he's not ready for the spot quite yet. Whereas now, there's not as much of the expectation because he didn't win. He lost. And now it's like, all right, well, now he got to, you know, he, he he got this big spot right away. Now he's got to kind of come down and work his way back up again, which is 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 kind of a cool story. But yeah, I don't so know. I think they,
1: they kind of look into that in a way. Maybe, you know? yeah,
0: maybe. And then a lot of this is in retrospect, knowing what happened at New Year's Dash. Sure. Because like, if he didn't do anything yeah, at New, well, New Year's yeah. Dash, I'd be like, oh man, like that, and he's I don't know, like this might not have worked. But knowing that he's you know right there now in the mix with Kenny Omega, it's like, all right, cool. Like th- th- this is in the past. This is whatever, and now we're gonna kind of move forward with it.
1: Regardless. You know, I got to tell you, he didn't knock my socks off first, More. Um. I thought he sold, like it didn't, it's not like, look, it's not like Kit dominated the match, but I thought he sold, I I don't think he should have sold at all.
0: No, he's got a, yeah, I don't know what they're doing exactly. I mean, in this match too, I, I thought like, if he's going to be this character, if he's going to be this guy, and like in the promo videos, they show him like frantically, you know, ripping at like a book with his knife or whatever. And then just comes out and he like works some, you know, works Tanahashi's. I wanted him to just tackle Tanahashi and just start fucking ripping at his knee. You know what I mean? Like just pounding on a pound on a like make the ref pull you off or whatever. Like that's what I like. He's supposed to be a killer. He's supposed to be this psychopath. And it's just like, he's just, as you said, young Lion J. White in a Halloween costume. Like young lion Jay White went to a punk show and now he's come back and like hey hi guys like uh, you know okay well he's but nothing's different about it nothing and that's that he's gonna have to find that he's gonna have to kind of he, figure out he, what that he, is.
1: He deserves some time. Um, oh no, absolutely. to, 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 to find his footing in the gimmick. Do you think it's a lot to ask a guy to come back from excursion? You never worked anything other than an opener in your life. Uh, in this company.
0: I would have absolutely had him come and work some other stuff. I think that was probably a bad move, but to not have him you on know, some I, I, Tokyo. I kind of get enough, yeah. the
1: idea of debuting the character in the big match like that. I get it. But do you think, I mean, I, this is probably a rhetorical question, but to put a guy in that big of a match, which was, let's not forget, this was the semi-main event until the Chris Jericho angle. Would you agree with that? I think it was.
0: Oh, a hundred percent was
1: until Chris Jericho attacked Kenny Omega. We just thought that Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega was going to be a, the old Gabe special, a special challenge match third from the top, two guys having a match. It vaulted into the position it did after the attack. This was the semi main event. And it's like, what a tricky spot. It's your first time working a match in a new gimmick. And you're in there with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Third from the top in the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom in front of thirty five thousand people. I'm nervous
0: just thinking about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not even. Him. I'm like.
1: And oh, by the way, we're pushing you to the top, kid. So you better make an impact here because we've got main events planned for you this year in a red hot company. And you better not fucking blow it. I mean, that is an enormous amount of pressure to to, to be put on somebody in that match, and it's a really tough spot, especially when you're working a new gimmick. So I would say give it some time. Now he didn't blow me away against Kitamura. He's gonna have a match against Kenny Omega, presumably at New Beginning on um, one of the nine thousand new When Be- they doing three of them again? I don't even know. They did three last year. But he's gonna wrestle Kenny Omega at New Beginning. If he doesn't deliver against that guy, is it are, are you ready to press the panic button?
0: Uh no, not quite yet, but uh Kenny Omega. Yeah. Well jeez, yeah, you're right. Yeah. If you- <laughs> It depends. Well, it, it's going to depend. Is Kenny Omega going to be in "I want to have a great match" mode, or is he going to be in that Yoshihashi mode? No, I'm not worried they- about that. No, okay. I, I think
1: he. I just don't think he had any respect for that Yoshihashi match. Okay, Ring of fine. Honor.
0: Yeah. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm still gun about that. I was there, like you know what it I mean? Was, like, it's no, it, it's legitimate. Yeah, it's still got me a little. Yeah,
1: here's, here's, the, here's the difference. I think it was Ring of Honor number one. It was a guy who's never getting pushed. Number two. This is his home company, which he takes – he takes a ton of pride in these New Japan shows. He takes a ton of pride in working New Japan main events, and he's going to take a ton of pride in getting this kid over. So I think that's a huge difference. I think that he didn't give a shit about getting Yoshihashi, of all people, over in fucking Philadelphia. of all. Why would he care about that? Or Chicago. Chicago, sir. Yeah,
0: I live in Chicago. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's like you know, you kind of see where his motivations would be altered in a match sure. like that. Yeah, yeah, When he already was working on a bad knee, uh, you know, so there were there were factors there. I think he's going to care a lot about this match. I think he knows it's important to get this guy over.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, if he if if it's a flop or if it's just like, and, and it's not necessarily the flop, it's just like the just being okay. Because like, I don't think Jay White sucks. Like Jay White's fine, but it's like you're waiting. He's very for good. Yeah, like, we both we both had him pegged years ago to be, to be one of the yeah. guys, or if not the guy or whatever, What you know. But it's going to be, if it's just mundane again, I think that's going to be the issue. If it's just okay, it's going to be like, oh, man, does he have the switch? Can he flip that switch? Because that's, I, I mean, mean that's, that's we, the thing- we sort of take it for granted how hard it is because we're so spoiled right now in this company where it's just like, guys come and they just flip the switch and they're fucking awesome. They're just great. They're just great. Some guys might not have that switch. Like, there might not be that next level for him. I'm not even worry. worried about the match itself. I'm worried about him getting over. That's it I'm
1: yeah. worried about him exuding charisma I haven't seen him exude any charisma in a match. you know where I saw it? I saw it in the Omega angle and I saw it at the at the uh, fan festival when he cut the promo with tanahashi. I saw tons of charisma there when he said i'm gonna fucking kill you you old man that was such a great line you know i'm gonna fucking kill you, you old man and then they went nose to nose where was that? In the no, match, and then
0: he, yeah, and then he just like slowly works over his knee. It's like no, I don't. Where want that. was that fire? I don't where know. Where was yeah. that
1: passion? I, I I felt he had the drive to be a superstar in those two situations, especially at the fan festival. Where was that in the match? I didn't see it. I need to see that. Can Kenny Omega get that out of him? You know, that's going to be the key to that match.
0: All right, we uh, anything else on uh, Tanahashi Jay White? Nope. All right, do you want to do you want to start from the beginning now or just kind of keep wor- working Fuck our it. way let's down? Going yeah, backwards. all right, let's uh, that's pretty good. I, I enjoy the backwards thing here. All right, uh, this match, Jesus, <laughs> this show was great, by the way. I forget that we still have all these great men. All right, it's so junior heavyweight championship four way. You got Marty Scroll, Will Ospreay, Kushida, Horomo Takahashi. Will Osprey wins with the Oscutter on Marty Scroll, so he finally defeats Marty Scroll. Um, Mariscal loses on his first defense, and Will Ospreay becomes the 80th IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Joe, what'd you think of this one?
1: And as predicted, the uh, Hiromu laid out the challenge, and he attacked him after the main event at New Year Dash. So we're getting Hiromu Will Ospreay, right? Which we thought we would get after this. And we're happy to be getting after this. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna fucking kill it at New Beginning. My only reservation is Ospreay's gonna have another version one defense, right? He's probably gonna lose. Yeah. Can we give this guy now. Look, I I will root for him to win that match. I know everyone's fucking out of this podcast right now. Everyone <laughs> loves Hiromu, but but Osprey deserves a good run, and um, you know I, I, Hiromu will be fine. I'm not, I'm not worried about Hiromu. Um, but this match I thought was perfectly placed on the card because you had this super serious Goto Suzuki match where I thought Goto was dead in the first five minutes. I thought he was legitimately dead, um, and then you had the three main events coming up after that. So you had your wild, wacky. Spot fest here, and that is exactly what I wanted out of this. I didn't want fucking deep psychology. I didn't want fucking limb work. I wanted four guys to go out there, be as the shit possible. I wanted every fucking four-way you see on every indie show in the country where they just go out there. And they 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 do the wildest shit they can think of. And essentially, that's what this was. But it did have some layers of psychology. Willow Spray's selling is just otherworldly. I mean, he's so good in every way. His offense is incredible. He sells uh, at an elite level. And the story that they told when they basically teamed up to eliminate everybody else from the match, and it came down to those two. And Will finally got his win over Marty on the biggest stage possible. This is a story that carries over from a million other promotions – I'm super into it. I could see if you're not super into it, then you wouldn't give a shit. But that was the story they were telling here. He righted the wrong from power struggle where, where Skrull stole his title. This was absolutely the right finish. I don't care what anybody says. This was the right finish for this match. It was the finish I wanted. And the match was great. It was a shit ton of fun. It's crazy to me, Rich, that people shit on this match. It's like, did people not like fun anymore? Okay? Does everything have to be the fucking greatest fucking psychology struggle? Does everything have to be fucking – I mean, no. What's wrong with a spot fest now and then? What's wrong with watching guys do flips? What's wrong with watching guys fly around and make ass – What's wrong with Hiromu doing flip dive sunset flips to dudes, and smashing them into the floor? What's wrong with this? Does anybody like fun anymore? It is pro wrestling after all. Okay? You had plenty of fucking – you just got – Goto Suzuki one match earlier right to right fill right that fucking knee. <laughs> yeah
0: you're good yeah.
1: what's wrong with a fucking with a fun spot fest where guys are flying around? What's wrong with that? okay you just you got your plunder match later on you had your fantastic main event you had a little bit of everything on this show and it's like amazing to me. That, and I'm pissed off because it's amazing to me that people will dump on these matches and dump on uh, Willow Spray and they'll they'll dump on Marty Skrull with his with, with because he fucking throws powder in people's faces and t- he's the villain. That's his gimmick. Okay, if you don't like the gimmick, fine. But like the dump, that's what he does. It's him. That's what he does. you okay, don't complain that he brought that stuff into the match. That's what he is. Okay, uh, embrace it because it's different. If anything, he's not another flippy guy. Okay. It's like, but the people just dumping on this match. Like, it, it's just like it feels to me, like it's just the thing to do. You know what I mean? It's I don't like Willow Spray because he's a dick on because he's a fucking moron on Twitter and he's fucking look. I seven definitely chart, true. Yes, it which is, is definitely true. <laughs> right. I don't give a shit. I'm watching a wrestling match. Okay, I'm not sitting down and having dinner with him and talking politics or fucking. Uh, you know, um, uh, uh, I'm not talking about fucking society with the guy. I'm fucking watching him wrestle. And he's great, okay? Uh, maybe it's just me, and I don't fucking uh, let that stuff interfere. But, uh, you know, uh, one of the best matches I saw last year at Wrestle Circus was a three-way spot fest with Fenix and Shane Strickland, and it, it had no story to it. But it was just, every what is wrong with some eye candy now and then? Have we all lost just, just having some fun watching guys do, phys- do things that look physically impossible? Are we that jaded? That we can't see guys push the limits of what people are willing to do in a wrestling ring on a show where you had plenty of variety. This wasn't a PWG show where you saw six matches like this. It was completely different. What's the problem here? I mean, geez, if you can't enjoy that, I don't know what to tell you. It was great. These are four world-class guys. Best in the world at this. It's Kushida. Kushida. Throwing people into 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 his uh, whatever the hoverboard lock, you know it, 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 it's it's uh, it's Willow Spray doing things that no one on the planet can do. You know it's it's Hiromu who's the most intense, uh, crazy, insane flying wrestler in the world. I, if you can't enjoy this, I I really don't understand. I don't. I cannot comprehend how you can't sit there and watch this match for twenty minutes and not thoroughly enjoy yourself on on some level. I don't, Rich. I can't comprehend it. I I cannot comprehend it.
0: Yeah, because the the thing that I loved about this too is it the matches that followed or the matches that preceded it or whatever was was the uh, the K S uh, and Sonata. We'll talk about that here in a bit, and then the Suzuki Goto, which were very you know. Their brawls, you know, the Suzuki and Goto was just like a fucking fight, and then the one before that too. I mean, they were just brutal, no high flying, no nobody fucking around. Everyone just trying to kill the other guy or whatever. So it was like the perfect time to just have a match where these four guys just go out there and and, and showcase everything that they can do. And no, I, I I I loved it. It was exactly what I wanted out of this match. And it, I was worried it was going to be you know a little money, you know, th- there was going to be the thing where guys go out of the ring for a while and it's just the two guys squaring off or whatever, a little bit. This was just like dudes doing shit for twenty minutes, it's nonstop, like.
1: And then they gave you a little bit of story if that's what you wanted.
0: Right. For like Kushida. a little minute, they would do it. And then like the other guys would come in and everything would happen again or whatever, which is fine. Like that's Give exactly. A of other stuff that
1: happened. I mean, we talked about the finish and, and, and the Will Spring Marty Skrull long-term story that got paid off. How about Kushida taking Hiromu out of the match? You know, and, and, and all of those little touches that they did, they told you some stories here. So you even, you even got a little bit of that. You know, it wasn't even your fucking third indie match. Uh, you know, at the VFW hall that you're going to see next weekend. They did tell you a little bit. And oh, by the way, these four guys are great. What's you know? what I mean?
0: and, that's, and and there, it was just so much different than most else was on the card that the any complaints that it was like oh too spotty or all that sort of stuff. I don't care. Who gives a shit? I don't want these guys working a methodical, I mean. like hard hitting. Like
1: Spray to be too spotty. Who wouldn't want him to be too spotty? It's Willow Spray in a four way. what what do you think you're getting you think he's in there with billy robinson
0: right and and the thing that's kind of funny about the uh the the will osprey because i was with some guys too and they were kind of and and they're a little they were kind of casual fans or whatever and one of the guys trained to be a wrestler or whatever and he was like yeah every time i watch will osprey i just kind of like i get annoyed that he's kind of just doing unnecessary flips and stuff and i just said well here's the way to look at at will osprey and this is the way i've always looked at it they're probably unnecessary flips but he thinks they're necessary he's just he's kind of a moron like he he wrestles just to show off how good he is. You know what I mean? He wrestles like a guy that's showing you that he can do a flip out of a hurricane rana. That's showing you that when he hits a drop kick, he's going to try to land on his feet just because he's, well, that's just what he does. Like if, and like, you don't have to accept it. You don't have to, but the idea that like, he should work. uh, You really want Will Ospreay out there, like doing, you know, hangman sleep, Holding and shit like Norris Mar- 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 Suzuki I don't want that I want Will Ospreay to be a fucking guy that does a does, when he when he hits a guy when he's hitting a kick he decides to do a corkscrew just because he fucking does you know what I mean like and people get so upset oh why is he doing that why is he because he fucking is and that's what he does like if if that's how he wants to wrestle and that's his style of wrestle or whatever that's fine guys do different ways he is that's always been Will Ospreay character Maybe he's dumb. Maybe the psychology doesn't always work. Well, he's a 22-year-old show-off. You know what I mean? Like, cool, I can do a, a, a tope and I do double flips on it because I do because I can. You know, it, it's not completely unrealistic that there would be this guy that does that. You know, back to the basketball analogies. There's guys that try dunks and aren't that great dunkers. There's guys that do flashy things. And you're like, what are you doing, man? Just do a, you know, do a normal layup. Do a normal shot. Just come on. We don't need that. But those guys like doing that. That's what they do. That's what uh, they
1: He's not wrestling Timothy Thatcher. It's a fucking right. four-way match. I mean, yeah, what it's, do you it's want? Like, yeah,
0: I mean, the, the people are always trying to, oh, he's not being... Psycho-. No, the psychology is that Will Ospreay is kind of a moron sometimes and maybe does unnecessary stuff, but that's fine. That's what he does. Sometimes it works for him. Sometimes it doesn't. This match
1: ruled. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Skrull's
0: psychology ruled. is that I'm a little fucking cheater. I'm the villain. So anytime I can, I go into the ring and I come out with an umbrella. I come out with powder. I come, That's him. Like you, you can think that's not the psychology. That's his psychology. Psych- As you always say, psychology... Is not one thing. There isn't a set standard of okay. Here we go. Match psychology. Let's go. The, the psychology is Marty Scrolls a fuckface and, and tries to. She's like
1: too many people. Match psychology equals working over a like for twenty. Right, minutes. exactly.
0: Horoma Takahashi's match psychology is he's a fucking psychopath yeah. and he decides to do yes. a, a. The sunset flip to the outside is the stupidest. It's, it's an, you're an idiot. You're going to hurt yourself. But a lot of times he does hurt himself. But he doesn't fucking care. He throws his body at the wall and goes, yes. "I don't give a shit." Like that's me. And Kushida is, you know, he was the smartest guy in this match. And he didn't do a lot of crazy shit. He did one crazy thing to get Hiromu out of there. But otherwise, he was, he was adapted to everybody else's crazy shit. Will lost would come off the top yeah. he'd lock him in the hover but he put him in the arm bar or whatever that's Kushida was like watching all this shit happen around him and is like you know what no no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of play cool here a little bit so the match like I'll do yeah, the and then and, and,
1: and, and, and Marty and Will's kind of making a truce halfway through to take the other two guys out you know there was right, stuff, which
0: is cool yeah which is a cool thing because it's like those guys are mortal enemies and I know on English commentary Kelly was was great about that of saying hey whoa, these guys never you know these guys have feuds going back years you would never see these guys sort of work together but they realize hey it works you know then the, the classic thing we'll take these guys out and then you and I can go or whatever so there was, there was stuff in here but yeah the idea that like these guys don't have psychology just because it doesn't fit your preconceived notion of what psychology is right there haroma's a psychopath marty scrolls a villain and will osprey's a show off you know <laughs> and and that's that's how he wrestles like I, I don't know what to tell you anymore you can say that you don't like it and you can say it sucks and all this or whatever but that's what he's gonna do and that's his style so ah know. you're
1: a fucking you're a curmudgeon if you don't like this match just <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, people are gonna give me shit for that, but I don't care. You're yeah. a fucking curmudgeon if you didn't enjoy this on some level. I don't think it's like the match of the year. I don't think you no, have no. to, you know, throw a fucking... four. I only
0: went four and a quarter with it. I didn't think it was like that great. You know what I mean? Like I didn't I think it was like think... the best yeah. match I've ever seen. Yeah. I,
1: you, that's a pretty you thought it was a very good match. You thought it was a great match. But it's like you, you, I, you look, I don't I'm not saying you have to think that. You could you could think this was a fucking three-star match that was very entertaining on a visceral level. I mean, and that's fine, but it's like to bury it, you're just – if you're burying it, you're a fucking curmudgeon. I, I mean because <laughs> I, I just can't accept that you can't find any entertainment value in something like this.
0: I can't or it's one of those things that i always say that like even if you didn't like it you're probably like the idea that it was bad maybe like because there's always a subjective thing that i didn't like it thus i thought it was bad or whatever but this is a match that i think that if you don't like it when it's all said and done that maybe this it's just not a style for you you know what i mean like it's just you probably weren't gonna like it so just kind of move on or whatever it doesn't have to be you don't have to shit on everyone else's parade and say oh that sucked or that's terrible or lost my bad or whatever it's just because it's not what fits your style or whatever which is fine because i watch a lot of you know if I went back and watched, you know, a lot of Hideki Suzuki matches, that I, I fully say, hey, doesn't do anything for me. But I don't. I, I'm not the guy that's going to go on there and say Hideki Suzuki sucks. I just say, yeah, it doesn't. do It doesn't work for me. If you guys enjoy it, go ahead. It's your style. He works that set. He works the old school Billy Robinson. It's never going to be my style. I'll take this over that. But we can both. You know what I mean? But the idea that like I'm going to watch a Hideki Suzuki match, go, like, oh, that fucking sucks, and he sucks, and he's boring, and, and he fucking he's garbage or whatever. I don't. I I just I I, I get so sick of that these days, and it's just like well, no, you just it's not objectively bad. It's just, you didn't like the story. You don't know about the story. You don't, but there was a lot of that, this, the, on, on the fourth of people objectively saying that things sucks when they don't actually understand the story or the psychology of it. But, you know, anyway, uh, move on to a never open way championship hair versus hair. No seconds. Minoru Suzuki versus Roki Godo Godo with the win. Joe, what do you think of this match? I know you fucking loved it. You loved it way more than I did. And that's not to say I didn't like it, but uh, I'm gonna let you have the floor. Cause you thought this was, spectacular. listen, all aboard, you know,
1: the, the everyone all aboard the Suzuki Goto train and the train left the station and and, I, you know, I'm going to take my victory lap here. I've stuck my neck out. Nobody thought this was going to be good. I was the only person out there saying that this match was going to be good. It was going to deliver. And I saw some people, a lot of people, in fact, calling this the best match of the night. So how about that? The match certainly delivered. I didn't think it was the best match of the night. I think it was really, really fucking close. Um, you know, four and a half on this um you know but this was just you know as as incredible of a visceral experience that the four way was this was as well in a completely different way i am still not completely convinced that hiroki goto did not agree to be legitimately choked out to start the match um i've watched it twice his eyes roll back into the back of his head uh there's there's like drool coming out of his mouth I'm not sure that it was part of the plan for Suzuki to legitimately choke him out. I mean, that's because
0: that's the doctor rolled in like right away too. it wasn't like a thing where he like sold it. Like the doctor like Suzuki barely gets off of him and the doctor's already in there. So that, that's, that's interesting. I didn't think of that.
1: Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I don't think that they would have done that. I think that's really fucking dangerous to attempt. <laughs>
0: yeah, don't, don't do that. By the way, if, if that was the plan, don't do that anymore.
1: But I mean, at the same time, it's not as dangerous as people think, you know, it's like, Guys get choked out in MMA all the time. Guys get choked out training MMA. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's you know, um, there was a thing every couple of years you'll see on the news that in high schools or middle schools, it becomes a thing that kids are like, they figure out how to knock each other out and they do it for fun and it becomes dangerous. And, they, you know, you see that every now and then. It's not like this super, it, it, it's not as dangerous as you would think. I'm not recommending it. But, um, but, you know, it wouldn't be the craziest thing to me if, if in putting together this match, one of them suggested it and they went with it. But I don't know that for a fact. If not, then Goto, the way he sold it was just incredible. I mean, and then he was just like, he was dead weight for a few minutes there. And um, just it was just a violent... And then from there, Suzuki just beat the shit out of him. Goto subjected himself to potentially a legitimate choke and then to Suzuki, just giving his body and his face to Suzuki—that I have not seen since Kazuchiko Okada was wor- basically working with a corpse with Tenru, and decided the only way to save the match was to let Tenru beat the living fuck out of him. That's the last time I saw a legitimate beating, a cooperative legitimate beating in a pro wrestling match like I saw here. By the end of this match, Goto's face was swollen; he was bleeding from the mouth. And he looked like he was in a car wreck. And, you know, that's just, it was just an incredible match. It was almost exactly how I envisioned it. I thought that they would, I thought it would be a little more back and forth. Uh, it was more just Suzuki bludgeoning him until Goto made the comeback with the, the huge groshi off of the top rope, which was an incredibly difficult spot to pull off. And they did it. I was worried for them. I knew what they were going for. And I was like, oh, this might blow. This match has been so good. And if they blow this spot, it's going to circle the drain from that point. But they nailed it. And let's give Suzuki some credit. He's another guy who's 50 fucking years old. And he's doing a spot like that, which is, number one, dangerous, and number two, incredibly hard to pull off. Um, You know, and then Suzuki uh, finishes him off, obviously. Never got caught in the gotch pile driver, which is like the most protected move in the company, where they protect protect a lot of moves. But that one's ultra protected. And, uh, you know, he wins the match. And then Suzuki uh, plops his own ass in the chair and takes oh, the razor that. That from him. So cool. <laughs> it, it really, you know, and it's like, look, his Suzuki gun guys tried to get him out of there. They were like, ah, fuck that. You don't have to shave your head. He said, no, fuck you. I'm going back in there. I'm a man of my word. And not only am I getting my head shaved, I'm doing it myself, you know? And that is just the essence of Minor Suzuki's character. And that's why he is so fucking cool, you know? And, um, he's just totally unique in that way. And this was a great fucking match. And and here's the thing about it: it's a it's going to be a memorable match. You're never going to forget this match, when when Goto got choked out, and that great camera shot, the production you always talk about of him looking like he was dead, and the violence, and and Suzuki sitting himself in that chair. There's things about this match you're never going to forget. So um, it, it it definitely delivered um you know it seems to be uh universally praised and there's a lot of people who think it was the, the match of the night so uh great match
0: yeah i didn't uh again like i'm saying i didn't love it on the same level that you did i still i still really enjoyed it well you're and, wrong and, yeah sorry. <laughs> joe fuck you i gave it two stars i gave it a dud it sucked <laughs> you know i'm just but uh no it was um yeah i mean the the, the i thought suzuki i uh, goto i mean goto's goto i mean we're not gonna we, again, like we said with the Omega thing, we don't have to go over that Goto's good conversation again. But Suzuki is a guy who who can kind of ebbs and flows. Like, sometimes he doesn't – this was his A game. This was Minoru Suzuki in his element, and it's exactly what I want out of Minoru Suzuki every single time he's out there. You know what I mean? Like, and I know he can't physically do what he does. You know, he can't physically do this maybe every single time, but – I like he's just a stone cold killer in this match. He's just a fucking prick killer that just he's he's better than you. He's he's smarter than you and he's but he'll get caught a few times and that's what he lost in and that's it's it's just as I thought the psychology of the match was awesome like you said, go to taking a real beating. And then Suzuki, the, the him getting walked out, shoving his guys off, getting in, the, you know, and the best part is it wasn't, they had a charity set up in the ring. He grabbed another chair and hit that chair with it and said, no, I want yeah. this chair. Like, you know what? Yeah, a no, fuck your yeah. chair. I got this chair. Like, it's just like, cause he's such just a fucking prick that like he had to, you nobody's know, he's a, he's a very prideful guy. And it's like, no, you know what? No, I lost. I'll go in there. I'll prove it. It shows, it shows how, how, it shows how much of a man I am that I'm just gonna go and do this. I'm gonna do it myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. I lost the match. Fuck off here. I just did it on my own. There you go. You know, yeah. Because it would yeah. be the coward's way out, and he's not a coward. You know, there's he's a lot of things, but he's definitely not a coward. He might be smart, but yeah, it's like it's like no. And then that was a really cool moment where he goes and I just love that. Yeah, he brings his own chair. He has no need whatsoever to get his own chair, but decides to get his own chair. It's the same chair. They look exactly the same. Yeah. He gets his own, hits the other chair out of the way, and then plops his ass in the one chair and goes, ah, there you go. I shaved it. There you go. Fuck off. Like.
1: Perfect. He just and he and he wrestled this match like he wanted to beat. He wanted to beat up Goto primarily, then beat him, then shave his head, then reach into his fucking chest, rip his heart out and eat it. I mean, (laughs) he's just fucking, you know. And then so Suzuki will face Tanahashi. Uh, They set that up at New Year Dash. Uh, This is, you know, this company does this sometimes. How does a guy lose the NEVER title and then just parlay that into a Intercontinental title shot? Um, I wish they would get to that in a better way. Yeah. I didn't, um, I don't,
0: I don't love that. Yeah. It's just,
1: that's, it, it, you know, I, I'm not a fan of that. But now the match is going to rock. You know, I think Suzuki Tanahashi is always a great match always. Um, so that's going to be fantastic. And then, um, uh, Goto was challenged by, by evil. When LIJ did their beat down at the end of the main event, they all took turns beating people up. Um, you know, evil took out Goto. um, Hiromu took out Will Ospreay, and then Naito, uh, we didn't, we didn't uh, talk about this, Naito had Okada by the hair, and like a fucking mob boss, he handed him to Sonata and said, you do my dirty work, you take him out. So then Sonata gave him, uh, you know, the uh, the dragon sleeper and choked him out, so they're going to do Sonata versus Okada, uh, Evil versus Goto, and, um, and uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Tanahashi, so... Um, You know, Sonata Okada might raise some eyebrows. They do placeholder title defenses very often at New Beginning. If you look at the history of New Beginning, oftentimes the person who comes out of that uh, Wrestle kingdom as the IWGP champion will take on a challenger that he has no chance of losing to at New Beginning. It's just a placeholder defense. I have no problem with it. Um, I do have a bit of a problem with the way they got to Suzuki Tanahashi. And then, um, look, you know, Evil Goto, if that's going to be the never program for the first half of the year, I mean, I got no problem with that. Those two guys are that, that is the never title that you were talking about. That's the kind of never title matches that we want.
0: Yeah, killers. I just want guys fucking each other up. That's <laughs> like, I don't want the, the no more, yeah. no more interference, no more of that shit. I thought too, it what was cool too, is in this match, uh, I forgot to mention it, is that you had the to hint towards interference, but the young Lions all stepped up and, and stopped Suzuki, yes. in, which I thought was a cool moment. It gave those guys was- the moment in the shine. And then there was like, oh shit, there's one more guy that can still get in there. Um, It was Taiichi, and then Yoshihashi comes out of nowhere and grabs him or whatever, which I thought was a cool moment too. And it sets up like now you can have a future Taiichi Yoshi, you know what I mean? Like a a fun little like kind of throwaway random match that can you know singles match that can just kind of happen or whatever. But I thought the moment where the Young Lions all get together and go, no, 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 we we represent the Lion Mark or whatever, and you said you weren't going to have any people or whatever. But I like that that nobody really did interfere. They might have hinted towards it because Suzuki still wanted to kind of see if he could maybe get away with it, but that they stopped it too, which I thought was cool. It wasn't like, because I would have hated it if like, you know, Taiichi got in the ring and 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 Goto ducked out of the way and Suzuki got hit by a Taiichi, you know, chairs. Yeah. So like you know, what I mean, like something like that would have been like, ah, oh, man, like it would have just kind of like the Dragon Gate thing, where like you, you know, the, the guy gets hit by the briefcase. So I thought it was cool that nobody actually got in that ring. Nobody actually was able to interfere. They were able to the stop. The Yellow it box,
1: it. my friend. Right, the, the yellow
0: dragon. box, of course. Yes. Yeah, so how can I call it a briefcase?
1: Oni Ryu with the yellow <laughs> right. box and the bucket and the salt. Um, yeah, it's but it, it's something. like, yeah. Taiichi got
0: really bad. That 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 yellow box has just got some.
1: Uh, he just cracks all over the place. Uh,
0: got so many people thrown out of units. Like just I don't want to be that guy. Like that is that's a lot of pressure to be that guy.
1: You don't get hit with that yellow box, yeah. Well, you don't want to be the guy that's um, yeah, Taichi- either
0: like that, that cause you fuck up, you're out of that unit, man. Like we just saw I, I was watching the one from Final Game, like you know, punch Tamanaga fucks up the box and he's out of there. Get the hell that's out it. of everybody.
1: Get him out of here. <laughs> um yeah, Taiichi slips through Yoshihashi holds the leg and then the bump that Taiichi took when Goto nailed
0: him. Oh, yeah, that was, jeez. Sure.
1: Yeah, and Yoshihashi has been Goto's tag team partner all year long. So right. it wasn't like just a random guy came out. It was his boy, you know, backing him up, helping him out. So, um, yeah, great match. Um, went off perfectly. Obviously the right winner. And looking forward to a Goto never title run. And let me tell you, he had the fans behind him in that match too. They were really into the idea The whole match of Goto coming back to win that thing. You know? Um, so you know, it's it's like this idea that Goto doesn't get Well, they always love him.
0: They always love him. Like (laughs) that's well, that
1: that exists. There's this thing. I know. Goto doesn't get fan reactions and Goto doesn't have good matches and Goto's but I don't think any of that stuff is true. He always has good matches. The fans are always behind him. I, you know, it, it's like I, I don't understand it. I don't. I don't. You know, he's he's one of my favorite guys. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. But I look to me, he he does get good. Re- he got def- this match definitely got the desired reaction from the fans. They were rallying behind him as as Hannibal Lecter was trying to murder him. Uh, you know. So what else do you want? But uh, great match.
0: All right, so move on to match that we both enjoyed way and, and it's pretty cool too right before this moment uh kevin kelly shouted out her book which is fine if you if by the way if you don't know about her ebook which hopefully you do but if you don't uh voice wrestling.com slash njpw17 book uh if you watch russell kingdom you heard kevin kelly it out right at this moment but uh yeah it's got profiles each and every wrestler and tag team that played a role in the company uh end of the year power rankings we got stats in there we got every new Japan uh, pro wrestling review that we published uh, last year, title histories, stable profiles, terminate recaps, much more. You can download it for free. Uh, you can name your own price, or you can do five ninety nine on Amazon and Kindle. And as we mentioned, you know, when, when we say consider supporting it is that every dollar that we make uh, from that book goes back to the contributors. So every, everybody that contributed illustrations and the art in this book is fucking incredible. It's, I tell people that and every single person is like, Oh my God, it, it's better than anybody could have ever expected uh, the art in there. But, um, yeah, it, it goes to the artist, goes to the contributors, it goes to the writers or whatever. So every dollar made gets split up among everybody who helped out with the book. So consider, I mean, if you have a few bucks to spare, if you throw a little money on there, it's going to help everybody else that contributed to the book to get its money. It's not just Joe and I pocketing all the money and running away or whatever. It's every single one of those person uh, or every one of those people that, that contributed to the book is going to get a little bit as well. So uh, voicepricing. com slash njpw seventeen book. You got all the details on that site. But, uh, the big match here was KES, uh, versus evil and Sonata, Sonata wins. So the champions fall on their second defense and then evil and Sonata become the new IWGP tag champions. And this match fucking rocked from the beginning too. It was different. It, it was that opening bell. And I just immediately, it felt different and it immediately was better than anything that the, that the tag division has done in months. I thought this was the best tag match they've had. And I, I'd really have to think about it. I really had, what was, there was the series that, that, that God had about a year ago. Um,
1: with uh Great Bash Heel.
0: Yeah, right. I would say it's probably fun. that, right? Like is that that yeah, I mean like, like the best I've seen in, in, in years, uh, you know, for this tag division, which is usually boring as fuck. I mean, this was this was awesome. Last year was three
1: ways from new beginning all the way through the end of the year. Um Oh god, was it really? I really and this uh. is what happens when you when you're not doing it three. It. This was a great match. I mean, Killer Elite Squad was so fucking good here in putting down a beating. I mean, this was like an old school gaijin tag team just fucking people up whether it was miracle violence connection road warriors
0: steiner brothers this that's what this was like to me yeah they got that and it's its uh, not a new team obviously they've been there forever but this is the this is the most brutal i've ever seen them and in a good way yeah. i said brutal in a good way like no it was like the most i mean they were they were killers on this night they were just, just dissecting them and it's like a lot of times you don't quite get that out of davy boy all that much got it got out of him a lot and archer was all over the place doing stuff i mean yeah it was it was it was pretty incredible how uh, – how, how they just nailed those characters. They nailed – and it's what we've always kind of thought they could be and always kind of wanted them yeah. to be, and they did it on this night. This
1: was – look, yeah, I mean, it, 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 this was the best that I've seen them. This was their best individual performance, and I, I like them as a team. We always say they they kind of settle in at three and a half or three and a quarter, you know, and it's like – um, but this was – they were just brutal here, and it was the right story to tell. And I think that what helped here was, you know, Evil and Sonata have struggled as the baby faces in peril, but it's because Evil's bad at the role. In this match, it was Sonata. It was Sonata in that role, and he was much better. I mean, he was was world – Evil's just not good at that. Evil is the kind of guy who needs to be putting the beat down on, you know, not taking the beat down. So Sonata, you know, played Ricky Morton here, and he did it well, and he was getting his ass kicked. They also, which is weird that know, they
0: wouldn't do that initially, because Sonata seems like the guy. Because what he can do is get, and this is what he did in this match: he gets beat down, beat down, beat down, and then does the awesome thing where he does, you know, he jumps over him or what, and, and like he shows that little bit of athleticism, the awesome drop kick, and then he goes to the tag. I mean, it, it seems like so obvious that he would be the guy that would, but I guess no, I guess you want the hot high flyer, I guess the tag in for the, but no, it just works. I think it works so much better with Sonata, and we saw it here. I mean, obviously it does. So
1: yeah, and and. And he scored the pin, which to me was interesting because Evil is obviously the pushed guy in the team. So it tipped me off that they were going to do something with him this year. I didn't know he was immediately going to get the title shot against Okada, obviously, because I thought Naito was going to beat Okada, first of all. Um, But, you know, again... Everything this company does is deliberate and has a purpose, which is why people get so emotionally invested in this company because they reward you for paying attention, and they and, and they reward you for investing yourself in this stuff. This is why people get in, uh, you know, into New Japan. Sonata scores the pin here, and yeah, it was significant because they won the tag team titles and all that. But Evil's the guy who scores the pins for this team, mm-hmm. and it's like I it, it was like, whoa. They, Maybe 2018 is going to, they're going to do something with Sonata. And look at that. The next day, they're setting them up for a title match at New Beginning. So everything they do matters. Um, Evil and Sonata promised that if they did win the tag team titles, they would continue to pursue singles titles. And they held on to that promise as well. Both of them will get title shots at, presumably, at New Beginning. Hopefully, this means that 2018 will be a year where. Once you're in a tag team program, you're not locked into that, and you're not working singles matches anymore. I would love to see more of this.
0: Yeah, because it opens up the entire tag division. Then you can Absolutely. have a ton of guys form random teams in their units and and go for these titles and and yeah. win the titles and still be able to exist in a universe that's outside of the tag titles. Yep. The greatest and thing with,
1: uh, yeah, and and you know maybe with grill as a destiny and bad luck folly winning the trios titles right back the next night. Maybe that gets God out of the picture for a while. War machine finished up. They're gone. Um, you know, so maybe with killer elite squad, evil and Sonata, and now opening up the possibility of other singles wrestlers chasing the titles. We'll have a much better tag se- tag scene with traditional two versus two matches. If we get more stuff like this, I, you know, this is all we're asking for. No more three ways. You know, um, and, and we can get matches like this. And this was just, this was an excellent match.
0: I think uh, it's one that on rewatch that you said it, it improved for you and it absolutely did for me as well. It was just like just seeing and, and, and kind of focusing on killer elite squad more than anything and just seeing that they were because a lot of times they, they, they aren't necessarily that same level of killer that we kind of want them to. They're not always like you said, the big, just big, beefy Gaijins. And that's what they were on this night. They were just fucking snot up for 10 minutes until he could try and, and do whatever he could to get to evil or whatever. And evil sort of even the odds because he's, he's as big as those guys, but snota wasn't. And it was just like a classic. That's how, you know, <laughs> Perot was for, or forever the big guy just fucks the guy up or whatever and it's it, it's fine it worked perfect it was just it was yeah they they nailed it they, they figured it out
1: davy boy smith jr did a moonsault and lance archer did a spanish fly what the <laughs> fuck was that are you kidding me a man that size coming off back surgery and he's doing, you know, I guess it wasn't a complete Spanish fly, uh, but it was
0: pretty much a fucking Spanish fly. Well, the, the spot that I love the most is like, the first spot of the entire match because they, they're in the ring together and KS knocks cool. Yeah, exactly. They go right for the killer bomb. Like, fuck this. Fuck this. Let's get him out of here as quick as possible. Yeah. And it's a cool moment. Like all they I forgot who got knocked out. Who took the killer bomb? Evil. Knocked, okay. So evil, took, and then so evil just knocks him out, out of the yep. ring. He goes tumbling. They go, okay, let's go. Hurry, hurry, hurry. The and, and, like, yeah. the
1: li- and then they beat up the young lions.
0: Right, it was just yeah. They had a, a, a different attitude about them that was awesome. It was like yeah. And then there they're
1: power-bothering people into the Young Lions. They're just destroying <laughs> everybody. I mean, yeah, this was this is Stan uh, Hansen. This was just Hansen fucking yes, everybody up. Yeah, like exactly. anybody. Exactly don't look at
0: me or I'm gonna punch you or I'm gonna knock you out or I'm malaria you. That's just, yep. yeah, it's perfect. Yep. All right, now a match that I think exceeded literally every single person's. I don't think there was a person in the world who didn't come away going, "Oh my god, that was better than I thought." Cody and Kota Bushi. Joe, what the hell was this?
1: Oh my god, what a great what match. What is Cody doing? You know, and Cody, um
0: he hasn't he hasn't subtweeted us about this yet when we're praising him, you know. Yeah, oddly
1: enough, yeah. <laughs> um you know, and and he actually got a reaction on this yeah, show. It's too. weird,
0: yeah. Strange.
1: And and but um, I think
0: th- I think a lot of that was the Western audience being there too.
1: Probably, yeah, probably had something to do with it. Um but he, earned,
0: he earned, you know, here earned other cheers too. I mean, by the end of it, everybody was cheering for him and he earned it.
1: But yeah, they did the possum spot early, where uh, Brandy Rhodes played possum on the Abushi dive, and Abushi, being the clean-cut fella that he is, was concerned that he injured the woman, you know. But it was all a ruse. Um, and then really, things really turned up when Cody hit the crossroads on Abushi from oh the apron to the floor. Oh, fucking crap. What a spot! I'm i I think that's my
0: spot of the night. I think that's the best spot I, I saw all night. I can't. I can't blame you. I mean, it was incredible. <laughs> Why am I saying a Cody like a man? Like, okay, yeah. think about this. Voices <laughs> <What's the> wrestling. <laughs> and rich yeah saying that a Cody spot on Wrestle Kingdom was the the best spot of the entire night yeah yeah
1: but when he listens to this and he will he will not acknowledge that that's the problem no. you know no he's, he, you know he's busy telling you know, making up stories about autographs but uh you know that that was the, the the spot it may have been the spot of the night yeah I mean it was great and then from there the match just picked up and Abushi was phenomenal. I mean, there Obushi. were some, Obushi. let me Obushi's tell Nazi. you, <laughs> this guy. there were some phenomenal selling performances on this show, whether it was Yo in the opener, which we're going to get to, Kota Ibushi in this match, Sonata in the match that we just talked about, Tanahashi with the knee in the Jay White match, Goto in the Suzuki match. Listen, if you're tweeting Dave Meltzer about nobody in New Japan selling, like get fucked. You're not yeah, like,
0: yeah, you're not watching.
1: You, you don't watch. I mean, there were some superlative arm in that match. There were some superlative selling performances on this show in just about every match. Matt Jackson with the back. uh, You know, he's, he, oh, man, you know, but but Abushi uh, was so good here. He is so good at having, like, legs that are spaghetti legs underneath him and he can't stand, the glassy-eyed look. He's so good at those things, you know. And then obviously his offense is so good with, the, with whatever he calls that knee to the face. Cody avoided that a couple of times. And then um, you know he hit the lawn dart on Cody, which was a key transition spot in the match. Came at a perfect time. It came a few minutes after the crossroads. And then Cody's going to work trying to put him away. And then he, uh, he scoops him up and hits the lawn dart. And that was the transition move there. And then uh, eventually he hits the knee. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce that thing. He hits the uh, knee. It's
0: Kamigoye, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Kamigoye or
1: some yeah. shit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um, you know, it's something like uh, tribute to God it translates to, something similar <laughs> to that, or I'm sending you to God or whatever, which is a really cool fucking name for a move. And then he hits the uh, Phoenix Splash and puts him away. The people wanted the Phoenix Splash too. Like he hit the knee and he could have beat him, you know, but like the fans picked up, you know, and he went up and he hit the Phoenix Splash and he got the pin. The other key thing there was Cody did talk some shit right before the finish. Telling Kota Ibushi that he loves him more than Kenny, which was an important thing, you know. As they continue that weird storyline, wherever that's going, and then the next night on Dash, um, you know, after after their six man tag or whatever, you know, they've got Chase Owens and uh, and Leo Tonga have have Ibushi held up, and and Cody's got the chair, and um, I don't think anyone saw that. the the pop in Corican, when Kenny Omega ran out for the save,
0: right? The and save you, Ibushi. You don't have to watch the whole show, but there is I think they tweeted it out on New Japan World. Um their their Twitter account. You watch this video because it is a sound that you do not hear in pro wrestling in 2017. 2018, I should yeah. say now. It was and, uh, the female fans are like salivating the, the the idea that Kenny Omega and Ibushi will finally get together. They I mean, are you
1: may have heard me from
0: Texas I <laughs> was that you? Same. Was that you? Okay, I thought I heard that. But, that like me. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's kind of funny because yeah. forever a lot of wrestling, a lot of the, the, the wrestling that we all love or whatever was in some ways, you know, geared towards a lot of the female fans. That was a big part of it. Like the Southern wrestling was, and that was that noise that you would hear the rock. Those old school tag matches are women like shrieking. Texas, going nuts. They Erics. Wa- yeah the Von Ericks. Yeah. I mean, go watch any WCCW. The best parts about those are the girls just losing their fucking minds to the Von Ericks or whatever. And like, for whatever reason, for the last 25 years, wrestling has gotten completely away from that and, and doesn't care and doesn't do it. Especially and and it's like, that it was a noise that you. It was. It was so weird. Like I had my headphones on. I'm like, what the? Like it, it, it's unique. Like you thought you were back in the sportatorium with, with that noise. Tommy
1: just, Rich, Rock and Roll right. Express. <laughs> right. Like it's you know?
0: it's a you know, like, cute, cute guy. You know. Yeah. It's 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 what the it was for a long time. I mean, one of the big part of it. And it's that again. I mean, those fans cannot wait for those two to get together. It's like the, the they just. I guess. there's –
1: I guess there's some of that with Roman Reigns, but he's a different kind of. You know, he's more. No, a, listen
0: to this, and you'll see. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah.
1: And uh, you know, so so Kenny yanks the chair from Cody and flings that fucking thing. Okay, and now we're all tense because we're like, oh, oh shit, is he finally going to reunite with Ibushi? Um, but he saved him, and then you know he went with the angle of I'm tired of the inner strife. We have to get back together. The Bullet Club has to be one. So they cleverly dodged the idea that, but we all know that Omega was saving Ibushi. That, I mean, that was the idea there. And it's kind of interesting now with Cody interjected in the story, right? It's like this interesting thing they got going on, you know, mm-hmm. and, then, and then Cody sending out tweets saying everything's fixed now. Everything's all right. We're all on the same page. I like how he's working the angle on Twitter. And, uh, and then that led into the Switchblade thing with Omega, but an incredible angle at New Year Dash at Cork and Hall. Uh, and really a, a match that yeah over delivered big time nobody was expecting this this was a great match and we said it for Jericho but was this the best Cody Rhodes match of oh all time?
0: yeah <laughs> I don't think there's any question better
1: I than the it's... Okada match at Long Beach
0: you oh like that match ooh, I like lot, that one a lot right? okay okay yeah 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 um that's
1: probably the only other contender
0: right yeah shit I did like that match a lot um I think this one was better. This one, I like that one a lot, though. Damn, that's that's tricky. I've, I've, you found that one.
1: This was okay. Well, let's. It was definitely better than all of the um, Cody Goldust tags, oh, right? Because yeah. those are yeah. probably his best WWE mm-hmm. matches. Um, you didn't like. Okay, a lot of people like the Cody J. Lethal bull rope match. I'm not trying to be funny. No, a lot I of people I like know, that I match. I did not. <laughs> but you did not. I thought it was average. You didn't think much of it either. Um, but I know that you really like the Okada. I like the Okada match too, you know, and, and I had it in the same range, you know, four, four and a quarter, something like that. Uh, what'd you give this match?
0: Uh, I give this one four, which I did not think I would. I have a, I'm, I'm have yeah. i trying to do a little bit better about my my bookkeeping this year or whatever. So I could not believe that in my first day of of, of rating matches, I have a Cody match already in yeah. Uh, yeah. my spreadsheet. I, I, I'm i stunned by this revelation, but uh, he worked his ass off. And Abushi. I mean – The best part about Kotobushi is, and I like him a lot to like Brock Lesnar, that if you're going to cut that check, he is going to give you everything that he's got, whether he's shooting, whether he's in a a park fucking with fireworks, or he's in a river sticking a paddle up your ass, or he's on the third match in the Tokyo Dome or whatever, he gives it everything he's got every single time out there.
1: And he's a guy who tries hard in random tags, too.
0: Yeah, no, I'm saying if if that check clears, if you're booking him, he is going to give you – I have never seen Kotobushi have – He doesn't dog it. Just – Right, if he's a fucking squid, you know he I made mean? a kaiju big battle. He's still doing, you know, shit. He's Tiger Mask W, and he's still doing. It. I have never once said, "Ah, Cody just kind of phoned that one in," or "Ah, Cody didn't do much here." Ever or uh, Coda. Coda, every single time that dude, if you cut that check, like Brock Lesnar, is the same way. Lesnar, he's going to yeah. give you all that he has. Well, not, modern not, not, Brock
1: Lesnar. Certainly right, not right, right. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> no that's, but, that was, that was yeah. getting baby, and then do whatever. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Not, but
1: that was... but yeah, yeah. Coda for sure. I mean, I saw him wrestle Dr. Cube in Dallas and it was I you mean, know like, yeah,
0: even if he's a fucking yeah. banana, he's going to go out there and bust his ass if he's in a river, yeah. you know, toiling around with, you know, fish. He's still going to fucking he's going to kill it. Like, it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah. He's, he's... He
1: wrestled Dr. Cube and a stuffed animal in the same night <laughs> and <fucking> destroyed <laughs> it. I mean, no, but, but they were legitimately the Ever. I know, yeah,
0: that's that's what okay, I mean. Sure. Yeah, it's. it's Dude,
1: I don't know if you watch it, but he chased the Doctor Cube around the Eddie Dean Ranch for like 20 minutes. Like it lasted 15 <laughs> or 20 minutes of them running around the building, like around the fans. Every fan in there besides me was high off of their ass because you go to Kaiju either drunk or fucking loaded. OK, and they're yeah, just
0: you didn't either. That's and they're just
1: doing laps. Well, you probably got contact. Huh?
0: You probably got contact. There's a the voices
1: of wrestling staff member who was high <laughs> off of his ass at that show. And I'm not going to name him. OK, <laughs> <laughs> but I was there. But they're just doing laps around the fans. You know, um, Dave Meltzer, of all people, is there watching all this go down. Dave, well, are, you saying Dave are, you, well,
0: are you saying that Dave Meltzer was high or drunk?
1: Uh, you know what? He might have been too. You know, uh, who knows? I don't know if Dave <laughs> likes Dave likes to imbibe in the weed. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm
0: not sure. Yeah, I don't know what Dave's vibe is. So. I have no idea. But I don't uh, think he's a drinker. Dave doesn't drink. He's a drinker. So yeah, maybe he. Uh, he maybe he's he's like kind of an old squad. It's a ridiculous
1: like, show, though. He was there well. for the whole fucking <laughs> thing. You know, I had a conversation with him. He was fucking there. Um. But but yeah. So Abushi, the effort is 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 always phenomenal. And yeah, this was a shockingly great match and a shocking and a, a really great angle at New Year Dash to follow up.
0: All right, so another never weight six-man tag. This is really a match that I got not a whole lot to say about, so I'll kind of let you do your part, and, and that's about it. But No, uh, look, it
1: was fine, yeah. <laughs> and the the final of the four matches was really good. Yeah. Stuff with Trent and Ishii uh, was really good, and the really the only takeaway here is Trent scoring the pin was significant, uh, Yano scored the two other pins for the team. They could have easily given Yano all three pins. They could have easily given Ishii the definitive pin, but they didn't. They gave it to Trent. Uh, I keep calling him Trent in this company. He's Beretta, right? Okay, not Trent Beretta, not Trent Beretta, yeah, not, not Trent. Trent question question mark. mark?
0: Yeah, Trent. Question mark? There you go. Just want to make sure.
1: Okay? Uh, he's Beretta, but they gave him the pin, and I thought that was key because obviously that's part of his long, slow elevation as a heavyweight. Uh, and to give him the the dude buster pin on Tamatanga. And he worked really well with Tamatanga. That is going to be my deep, deep sleeper match for G1 if it happens. Night eight. Yeah, versus night
0: eight.
1: yeah, because let me tell you, people give their sleeper matches for G1 and it's like, oh, I think Okada versus. No, I'm giving you a real sleeper match that no one's going to expect to be good. If Trent and Tamatanga are in the same block, I'm telling you, those guys have good chemistry, and I think they could have a sneaky good match at the G1. So, um, yeah, that, that's really my only takeaway was that uh, Trent scored the fall, and I, the, the definitive fall. I think. And also, Ray Rowe uh, took the fall in the first portion of the match with the triangle choke from Zack Sabre Jr. And then the next night, when War Machine, Elgin, and Tanahashi were in the eight-man, Hansen took the fall. So Ray Rowe and Hansen doing business on the way out. So those are my two takeaways.
0: Uh, then we'll go to the uh, the traditional opener. Uh, we'll talk about the Rambo here in a sec, but the traditional opener of Wrestle Kingdom, it was the Young Bucks defeating Roppongi uh, 3K to win the junior heavyweight tag titles in a match that, man, really... I, again, like I knew it was going to be good, and going in, I, I had pretty high expectations, but it, is, it, is it wrong to me to say that this succeeded my expectations? Because this was, this was awesome. This was really... Like, and it, 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 again, like, I don't know, because I knew it was gonna be fine. I knew it was gonna be good, but it was, it was just way better than I thought and and way better for all the reasons, not, not, be, not of, not why I thought it would be better. You know what I mean? It wasn't. Right, 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 right. You were expecting was, a high flying anti Right. I thought I was going to love it because these guys were going to fly around and do a bunch of shit and they'd hit 15 super kicks and Rapunkey 3K would do a bunch of flips. I didn't think it would be like a methodically well-worked, you know, Back match, you know, it's all focused yeah. on working each other's backs, and it would be that like the best match uh, that that I've seen either of these teams have in, in quite a while. I it just it this blew was, me away how good it was on that level of it, like not yeah, high flying, no, sure. but because everybody was good at selling their backs.
1: <laughs> yeah, another match that was uh, four stars for me. I had five matches on this
0: show at four stars or better. That was four a quarter on this one. I loved it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean. Great storytelling here. One thing I want to get out of the way, um, this myth that the Young Bucks do not get reactions in Japan, which is partly their own fault for perpetuating that, because they're the ones that tell people that Japanese fans are quiet and all this and that. It's an absolute myth. The Bucks get reactions on all of these shows. I have no idea what shows people are watching. I think they just like picking on the Bucks. But it's false. I mean, especially since they've been um, connected with Kenny Omega. I think that the New Japan fans associate them with Omega, they, they and by proxy, they are a big deal as well. This is their seventh time with these titles, so the Bucks are over. I mean, I'm not telling you that they're they're going to be main event shows, but their matches get reactions. It's a it's, it's total myth when people say that. It just isn't true. Um, the other thing about the Bucks is they do not work the elite goofball style in New Japan. They just don't. This is two consecutive Wrestle Kingdom Opening matches that they've had, which were four-star matches that were story, story-heavy matches, storyline-heavy, loaded with psychology. And in fact, this match played off of a lot of spots yep. in last year's match with Roppongi Vice, which the most notably, the
0: manager of Roppongi 3K, yeah,
1: <laughs> right, with Rocky Romero on the outside, you know, showing Yo do the double flip dive to start the match, and Yo, who was magnificent in this match. Okay. Immediately starts selling the back to the point where everyone thought he was legitimately hurt and it was like, oh shit, they're gonna have to scrap whatever they were gonna do here because show is gonna be working by himself. Yeah, that's I how I, well,
0: well yo I, and on the English commentary Don Callis was was cause because you can kinda tell when a guy's doing like, hey, this is on my sheet to mention and then yes. the not, and like he the way he was putting it over was like oh I think he really did like and you can tell the tone there's a different tone of like I'm reading the bolded point and the underlined thing that says talk about and then but he kept hitting it over oh I think he really like he's not really looking at it right now but like oh I think he hit his, his back on there or whatever and then he starts selling it. he's like oh see I told you like his back I think his back's hurt. like I think it's legitimate it was a weird way to do it but I thought the yeah. callus thought that it was real too I don't think that was in their bullet points or whatever to say hey you know he's gonna sell his back or he it's gonna be this spot that he sells his back on. You know, so early yeah, in the match, and
1: there was, uh, and there was a real uncomfortable few minutes there where I wasn't really sure what was going on with him, but it turned out to be, uh, you know, um, he was he was working, and it turns out that that was the story of the match. It was Yo, um, you know, taking a long extended beatdown from the Bucks, who were very good working a Southern style tag here. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, you want to rip the Bucks six-man tags with Omega when they go to fucking Europe or they work ROH shows or they work indie shows and they do their goofy shit. Go right ahead because I hate those matches too. I cannot stand them. But have to recognize that the Bucks can do any other style as well, okay? They could do a spot-heavy tag, and this is two years in a row on, you know, the biggest show of the year and their biggest match of the year, two years in a row – where they did a storyline-heavy match loaded with psychology and did a tremendous job. Okay, there's a southern style tag with Yo with some you know new style flavor offense mixed in, and they did a great job. Plus, Matt was selling his back the whole time too. That's the other thing. So you had dueling uh, you know uh, you know uh, teams on opposing sides where one guy had the back injury and Matt sold the back. The next night at New York Dash too, Omega was selling. <laughs> Omega was selling the beating from Jericho. Matt was selling his back in the six-man tag. And Nick went to make a tag, and they both jumped off the apron. Like we can't come in, you know. It's like and Nick had to work by himself, you know, because because these guys didn't want to tag in because they were still fucked up from the night before. So again, the idea that they don't sell in New Japan. I mean, give me a fucking break. But um, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so this match and and uh and 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 the callback, the, the 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 primary callback to well, first you know the Bucks after they took Yo heard his back, and they took out Rocky with the power bomb on the uh on the, uh, on the entrance ramp. And then the key spot of course was, yo is taking his vicious beating uh, just like Rocky was the year before when he was fighting on his own because Trent injured himself on the flip dive. And then uh, they set up the more bang for your buck. And if you remember last year, Rocky, you know, used the crucifix on either Matt or Nick, whoever is the one who, you know, was on the ground when they do that move um, to, 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 to score a pin. And uh, yo tried the same thing. How awesome is that? He's he yeah. he like <laughs> learned from his manager, you know? And it's like he did the same thing his manager did the year before. It's like he taught them, you know, when they go for more bang for your buck, you know, this is what I did to beat them. It's just such great touches, you know. And if you don't follow the company on a day-in-day out basis or remember the match from the year before, that kind of stuff is gonna go right over your head, you know? And uh, you know, that's unfortunate because these these small touches. And and the Bucks deserve credit for that. And I'm sure Rocky Romero had a big hand in putting this match together. I'm sure the Bucks had a major hand in putting this match together. I'm sure that Rocky Romero is not only an on-screen manager, but also a mentor and a real manager to show Yo at this point. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Matches together and things of that nature. So just a, a well-put-together match with a great story. And of course – The story coming into the match was the Bucks kept calling showing, yo, young boys, and we're going to beat you because you're still just young boys. And they continually tried to beat them. With crab holes to humiliate them, because mm-hmm. in
0: their eyes they're still young boys. It's just the whole thing was great, right? And they, they were saying that the entire match too, because they're always talking or whatever. And if you were if you were listening, it was they'd put them in the crab hole and say, you know, hey, I'm gonna beat you with your own move, young boy, or oh, you guys are uh-huh. just young boys, go back to the dojo, like all that stuff a little bit. So it was all really cool stuff. Yeah, it was it was it was fun. And yeah, the match I thought it was because there was a few moments that were, were that I really enjoyed about this match. Too. There was one where um, both teams had him in like crab holes and they were just slapping it, or they had them in the sharpshooters. I think they were there was like dueling. Uh, sharpshooters they were just slapping each other and then there's uh the moment where they were just kicking uh their their respective uh, both teams were obviously they were kicking the other guy that had the bad back or whatever and they were just trying to show off and see you know it was one of those weird things where like some people might have thought the psychology of that kind of sucked but it was like hey you know you're gonna kick my buddy i'm gonna kick your buddy until we decide you know yeah. to come to a stalemate or whatever so little stuff like that but i thought the psychology of them calling them young lions and telling them to go back or whatever was, was great and yeah if you if you have any complaints about the bucks Being spot, being whatever. I mean, whatever fucking complaints you have about the Young Bucks, you're not watching because this was this was perfect. They were awesome in this match.
1: Or you're just seeing the goofy six man tags, which
0: right, right, right. Or you're just trying to do the hot takey thing.
1: I'm not endorsing that because those matches stink, and I'm tired of it. But to be fair, it's over like fucking crazy.
0: Right, and they know that, and that's that's the thing. And that's that's why they do it. Yes. Right. I mean, like, and, and it's, I, I, you know, sorry, like they're going to do what they're going to go to PWG and people want to see them fuck around and whack each other off and do that stuff. So they're going to do it and they're going to yeah. sell a thousand t-shirts on the way out. So, OTT, you know, <laughs> places. Yeah. places in Europe where they come once or twice a
1: year, fans want that. I mean, the shit's over yeah. like crazy. Why are they going to kill themselves? They're going yeah, to I was at there. The global
0: wars, they were just fucking around and people yeah. were, were all wearing young bucks, t-shirts and shit all up. screaming. So I was like, well, whatever, yeah. like, you know, it might not work for me, but it's obviously working for people. So when people are like, Oh, there's no emotional attachment. They don't, they don't do this. They don't do that or whatever. Well, whatever they're doing is probably working. Cause they're selling a shit ton of t-shirts and they're, you know, <laughs> becoming wealthy by, uh, uh, as being entrepreneurs. So I don't know. Maybe they're doing something right. I don't I don't know. Maybe you know, we'll hot take there. But anyway, uh then we'll start with the Rambo here. The match zero. Twenty one man New Japan Rambo. Uh very quickly on that tag yeah, though yeah. too.
1: Um I know I wanted Rapongi 3K to win. You did too. But in the manner in which the Bucks won, I now don't have a problem with
0: that. No, it's fine. And now it gives, you know, I, I kind of like the, the chase now. And so now Rapongi goes to the chase, period, which is it, it's fine. Yeah, I, I still wanted them to win, but it's fine. You know what I mean? It, it, it's either The way, way
1: it played good. out now, I, I don't have a problem with it because I like the story that they told and the way it played out. So, um, and, and now I'm really into a rematch and to see how that goes. And I should mention that show is one of the best hot tag guys in the business already. I mean, he comes in and just throws German suplexes and, kick, and you know, Buzz buzzsaw kicks guys in the head. Um, so, yeah, you know, and that's another team very similar to Switchway with Jay White that's slowly finding their footing inside a gimmick. Remember, Rich, this is only their fifth match overall in New Japan since they came back in a, like a two, two versus two, you know, a non-multi-man tag. This is only their fifth tag team match. And the an
0: interesting thing, and I discovered it while we we're doing our ebook and doing a little bit of research for the ebook, uh, Yo still gets a lot of the pinfalls for that team, too. And you know how he said, like, yeah. we always thought that he was, or I always thought that he was going to be the guy that would emerge from the team. And I always thought that they thought so, too. He gets all the pinfalls for now, as, yeah. as far as the little ones they've done. Well, but that's something to monitor throughout the, because again, like to do. yeah, sure. But I mean to me when 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 3K is getting a pin and who gets it and 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 see if there's any trends going on there. But But
1: you gotta pay attention to that stuff. It matters. And it's like to me, Show looks like the future star though. He really he he comes off to me like a guy who's destined to be a junior ace. But uh but we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see. But uh and then yeah, the Rambo. Uh Joe, what are your thoughts on the Rambo?
1: I thought this over delivered like crazy. I thought it was easily the best Rambo match ever because for once they booked it. There were. Th- this was like a mini Royal Rumble in that it had it, has, it had
0: and flows. Yeah, there were guys that sort of dominated for certain times. There was the the, the they told stories. The eliminations mattered. Who got eliminated mattered. How he got el- eliminated mattered. Like who was coming in mattered. Yeah, it was, it was interesting in that sense. You had
1: uh, Kitamura was the first guy in. You know, the only young lion in the match. The fact that he was the only young lion in the match. The fact that he's getting a trial series. The fact that he lasted a good deal into the match and wasn't even the first guy eliminated. It's very obvious they got big plans for that guy. Um, you know, and then you got the first portion of the match, Chase Owens, just giving everybody package pile drivers and pinning dudes. <laughs> left to Right. Which was like a little reward, right? This guy works his ass off. Does a great job in his role.
0: Yeah. Shows uh, up on 12 hours ass- notice. Yeah. Like somehow. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and, and you know what? They finally booked him at wrestle kingdom and they put him in the Rambo and they gave him some shine. And I thought that was really fucking cool because he dominated the first third of the match. And then the Suzuki gun juniors come in and like a pack of wolves. They're just throwing everybody out. They eliminate chase Owens. And then Liger is the next guy in, right? And it's one on three, but he's giving fucking pump for us. That Liger everybody pop is dead.
0: great. He, people just fucking love him. That pop, he, his music played, the place just went nuts. I love it.
1: Yeah. So he's kicking the shit out of Suzuki gun juniors. And the next guy in is his boy tiger mask. And they're cleaning house. <laughs> And then, you know, then like uh, they do some mask ripping and Tiger Mask and, and, uh, and Desperado eliminate themselves because they, they're hiding their faces. So they told a little story there. And then, uh, you know, the match moved along. Hey, Mr. Juicy showed up How can <laughs> not like that. G- Gino Juicy Gambino showed up. OK, if you notice, he's cha- he's altered his gimmick a little. You know, the whole Mr. Juicy thing was a little goofy. He's a Bullet Club member now, so he's he's now Gino Juicy Gambino. you know, uh, Much better than Mr. Juicy with, like, the candy stripes. you know. So uh, it's good to see him get it, you know, because obviously he's the, the Australian liaison right now, so they, they flew him over and put him on the show. He got some eliminations
0: suit, uh, right? If I remember correctly, he got yeah, a few, which is kind of funny, because Don yeah, Callis and Kevin Kelly were like, oh, this guy sucks, and then he was throwing guys out. So obviously they didn't yeah, have no he eliminated,
1: uh, he eliminated, like, two people, and, and it came down uh, to him and Hanare, who now – all of a sudden has a gimmick. So who knows if they're ever sending him away, you know, but you know, Hanare now has like this, uh, maybe, this, uh,
0: maybe they'll consider the Achilles injury. His, uh, his time away <laughs> just say, all yeah, right, whatever. Like
1: he's got like an Indian, he's like an Indian tribe gimmick for the two, uh, tribes he represents, um, uh, with his heritage. So he's doing that sort of deal now. And it was interesting because you had a New Zealand guy and an Australian guy in there at one point, And those were the only two guys in the ring. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, obviously the, the, the um uh, <clears throat> the uh third portion of the match uh lost my notes well
0: then you had uh your cheeseburger come out he got his little thing or whatever and then i'm trying to think of other guys you got your finley's your um kojima's like, yeah, a bunch like of guys. those sort of guys or whatever and then it was all about the the, the final entrant of course and then the eventual winner
1: yeah it was uh ten koji came in
0: uh um, right okay yeah, ten they, koji. They came in back, back, yeah.
1: And then it was Tenkoji, Cheeseburger, and uh, and Kakihara, who was the last entrant. The UWF music played. And um, Kakihara came in. I'm pretty sure it was Kakihara uh, and Cheeseburger with Tenkoji at the end. And uh, it may have worked out better if they had heels in there. But I guess... It's
0: the- yeah, I kind of sucked that Tenkoji was the guys. But uh, yeah. And yeah, I just... It's I fucking-
1: re- no, it's like
0: love that gato's just in love with cheeseburgers <laughs> like this is like a huge spot cheeseburger yeah i love, love cheeseburger i know i know it's it's like i good for him man gato's got his guy like yeah it's 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 you know it's a good it's a good gimmick to have and two years
1: in a row he was he was the uh runner-up because right. uh
0: because
1: uh, kakihara and um and Cheeseburger eliminated Tenkoji, and I came down to Cheeseburger and Kakihara. And he, and he I hope it's like a 15-year so running
0: gag. I hope it's like 2030, and it's like Cheeseburger's the runner-up in the Rambo. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's old and fat now, and he's still just, you know, always runner-up. Like just. I don't think he'll ever be fat, but yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's
1: why I, I – yeah, I don't so, know. I, I, well. So uh, Kakihara, of course, uh, cancer survivor. And um, and then he cut a promo, which sounded like a damn good promo, talking about Takeyama, and uh, put on the Takeyama T-shirt as the Takeyama music uh, played him out. So, feel good winner. The match had definitive portions, and they told stories within the match. Um, this was to me the best Rambo ever. I mean, I had you know, I'm not saying it was a great match or anything. I had two and a half. Um, but the other Rambos were like one star matches, you know, they were goofy, you had great Kabuki who could barely move Fujiwara who could barely move, um, you know, and, 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 more legend, you know, surrounded by, you know, getting pops for legends, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, and, and, and they were fun, but this actually to me was a match for once, you know, and, and, um, and, and, you know, and, and had the feel good finish. And, uh, I don't know, I, I thought it was the best rumble ever. So even, even this match, to me, exceeded expectations.
0: Uh, and, and speaking of Takeyama, you, uh, too, I know a lot of the fans, or a lot of people listening to this uh, helped uh, with the uh, Erica, uh, Real Hero Erika, uh, and, and a bunch of other, these the Pearlcast guys were doing it as well, The raising money for the Takayama. Uh, to give some to Minoru Suzuki, and he got it. And there's a great picture of Minoru Suzuki with, you know, Damon from the Pearlcast, Eric, and a bunch of other guys uh, delivering the money. Minoru Suzuki actually tweeted out earlier uh, a picture of it saying, you know, USA Wrestling Fan Becomes the Heart. Me and Takayama activity on Facebook. Participants, approximately 4,000 people. This time, it's central figure Eric, Damon, Brian, Fumi gathered. Donations totaling 775,000 yen. And their families absolutely delivers. Thank you, everybody. So, yeah, awesome. Minoru Suzuki. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of money got sent uh, to help out Takayama. And uh, yeah, great moment. They get delivered it, hand delivered it to Minoru Suzuki. I know a lot of guys. Uh, played a part to make sure that Suzuki would get it in his hands on that night too. So, yeah, really cool. Uh, moment there so yeah there's a lot of stuff for for takiyama in the show and and, and this is a great moment too in the rambo for him as well so um and, and K- i too because i mean he's a cancer survivor as well so it's it's, it's cool it's a cool moment for that and that's, that's exactly what this rambo should be it should be for moments like this cool moments things that are, are just kind of you know it doesn't matter it, it's whatever but then you like you said the heart of it still had some purpose and had some meaning or whatever so Joe, that's Russell Kingdom, and <laughs> we are out of time, exactly as we predicted. This, uh, but I'm glad it it always does take up the whole show, and and it's good. I I I don't want the day when Russell Kingdom doesn't take up our entire.
1: There's no, I have no problem with this taking up the entire three hours once a year. Um, it's a huge show. Our listeners want us to break it down. And, uh, you know, hopefully we did a thorough enough job.
0: In the, yeah, it flew by. I mean, it's shit. That show flew by at six hours, and this, this three hours flew by. So, uh, anyway, make sure you go to voiceresting.com to uh, check out Joe's review of Russell Kingdom, as well as the other stuff we have going up on the site. Uh, Voicewrestling.com slash forums are great message board uh, to go on there and interact with all the other fantastic wrestling fans we have and then uh at voices wrestling is our twitter account make sure you're following that uh voices wrestling on facebook and then of course our patreon voice through uh, uh patreon.com slash voices of wrestling you'll find a lot of good stuff on there uh and see why we're why we're on patreon and, and what you're going to be getting and that's going to be coming soon don't worry we uh we've been sort of letting the year roll out we've been doing the ebook and all that sort of stuff but now that that's all in the, in the past you're going to start getting patreon stuff so it'll be pretty cool when that starts uh, also our ebook voice wrestling.com slash njpw17 book uh great stuff there you can either download it for free name your own price or you can go on amazon kindle uh, order it for $5.99 uh, and then of course our sponsor SeatGeek uh, use promo code VOW $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase download the app promo code VOW get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase and for Joe Lanza I'm Rich Kreitch, and we'll see you next time on the voice wrestling podcast take care Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in COVA Insurance.